0: Episode 217 And it's me Gary P And of course It's the prof Gar Riley Not to be listened
1: to On a point eight or a point five speed Because apparently Gar We sound strung out
0: <laughs> Yeah and yeah I've checked this out actually We do Slow us down I doubt anyone's slowing us down I'd imagine t- people are speeding us up Garrett's it's horrific <laughs> It's a bit of crack though isn't it Do not try this at home <laughs> And of course We are still sponsored by the fantastic Ocean Electrical Ocean Electrical Tour I actually I, do, do you know um, Ocean Electrical, they're ran by the, f- the famous Craig Matten. I don't. I think he spends more time abroad than he does at home. Have you noticed how many holidays this man has taken this Quite year? Quite a few. He's, he's he's a socialite supreme, but he's well-deserved. And, of course, he looks after us, and uh, it's Ocean Electrical. And, of course, Prof. Um, yeah, of course, Prof. And it's, uh, yeah, when you need new fans, because everybody's booing a team that's top of the league in Europa League, Conference League, group stages, it's less of credit. They got you back. Uh, they certainly don't boot our customers. Uh, we'll talk about that in a while. But, uh, yeah, only one goal to talk about from our Shelbourne and UCD games. We used to have a plethora of goals, Prof. Not so much anymore. And we two interviews, of course, with James Keddy, which will uh, devoid opinion, Prof. Everybody, imagine being known for just missing something. Missing the one chance. Yeah. Your whole career. Harsh on him, isn't it? Mm, a former Hoops midfielder and then... Uh, yeah, a former Hoops midfielder and Anto Wilkes... A Rovers fan who went to the 86 World Cup in Mexico and never came home. <laughs> prof sent me this, right? <laughs> yeah. Just some context on this, right? And um, this prof sends me the material beforehand. So he sent, he sent me, he goes, It's about a Mexican fan, Rovers fella, went to Mexico, never came home. And I was like, Jesus, that's heartbreaking. <laughs> it makes it sound like a gang kidnapped him. But. And he was like, Oh, no, no, he's alive and well, but he just <laughs> went there and lived there and got married. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like oh okay
1: no this is a cracking story brilliant
0: uh, brilliant stuff good storyteller as well really
1: enjoy that one and, but Gary to be honest I still haven't gotten over what you said to me earlier today uh, how old you made me feel yeah go on you said we have, we're going to record this evening but you said you have to go and have seven because your daughter Abby has a job yep I remember the day you told me Lara was pregnant.
0: Mm. That feels like about five years ago. That's long, man. Isn't it nuts? She has. She's in forty. She's in transition year, so she has to. She's work every Wednesday, so uh, she's working out in Blessington. This is a. This is officially <clears> the <throat> oldest I've ever felt. I ah. feel like about seventy-one years <laughs> oh, old. Oh right man, now. who are you telling? <laughs> who are you telling? A job, Wait. seriously. Well, I know it's nuts, isn't it? She's gone. She's doing career days. She was out with the plowing championships and all. It's like a, another human I yeah. have to finance. Like it's nuts Yeah <clears throat> So um, Yes we followed where He sent us the video Of the bicyclist woman In the marathon Giving everyone the finger Yeah she flipping the board To
1: all the rowers Because I, I, I missed this At the time And uh, you described it Very well But to actually see
0: the video It was great Oh man it was so funny She did not give a fuck It was brilliant <laughs> Everyone else was loving it She's just blazing The oh, fingers goes Boo Yeah 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 Uh, Feedback to last week Prof very popular Alan Eustace On your point about being the only hooper To get the Eurostar home from the game I got the Eurostar to Paris Before the game Coming home From a work thing in London And spent a few days in Paris With the missus Then a train to Brussels And not to Ghent for the match So Alan Eustace um, Jimmy Maguire Cracking listen that Still managed to cheer me up After two defeats and a couple of days Great interview with Billy That was the plan all along To distract you from the two defeats
1: With the interviews
0: Genius prof Genius, and we had Jeff Dunn, another great episode lads, love the Billy Dennehy interview, one of my favourite players from that era as well And uh, James Cook, another cracking show lads, the John Kyo piece was quality, absolutely brilliant story, so Prof knocking it out of the park with the interviews as usual So Peter Fitzpatrick, two good interviews this week, I remember John Kyo well, a good player and it's ironic that he put the ball in his own let in the last minutes of the 69 Cup final when playing for Cork Celtic, nice to see him in Talla. During the summer, so a uh, very well thought of episode, and thanks for all the praise.
1: Yeah, as Peter says, that was quite ironic because that was the six in a row, that was the seal of the six in a row. So, Corks they came within like minutes of the nine robbers of six in a row until John Kyo, then playing for Corks to put the ball in his own net. So then we took it to a replay and hammered them 4 1. And just just couple a couple of replays we never see. And John Kyo, um, I met his son. Remember, I was saying that John was at a game there in the summer and I met him. I was mostly talking to his son, mm. also named John, and uh, he's a tour operator in Spain, uh, Manigal I believe. And the name of his walking club is Shamrock Roamers. Oh my God, what a name! <laughs> yes, of
0: Shamrock Roamers.
1: Hey, excellent. Uh, final bit of feedback something I forgot to say last week, as I said, countless people came up to me about the podcast which was which was fantastic and we, we appreciate all that but one one I forgot that just has been making me laugh lately John colony was talking to me and was out of nowhere he goes where did he get your stats <laughs> <laughs> where did he get them
0: never tell him you'll never know John yeah. Yeah. Um, and, honestly uh, see no the prof does the prof he builds them up he anticipates them and every so often he look and he'll be like oh there's one coming potentially won't come in here so they're just lying and wait these are these are stealth stats they're always just lying underneath the servers waiting to pounce
1: and to materialise making it sound a lot more dramatic than it actually <laughs> yeah. is but um, finally this is from not a listener but do you ever get people in work who they don't they're not into robbers not into League of Ireland possibly not even into football but they've heard you talk about the podcast so they're curious that you are on a podcast and they're, they're curious just to hear you oh, yeah. even speak for a few minutes. Have you ever got that from people? No, no, no. I've no one likes that, me, bro. Oh, yeah. I've got, <laughs> I've gotten that from a few people and there's one fellow in work uh, for whatever reason he just decided this was a day. He just wanted to put it on for two minutes just to hear me and he must Which have, one did he listen to? The most recent one. Okay. So, he must have asked me before the name of the, of the, of the podcast and <laughs> I burst out laughing when he said this because this is the way he talks. he's like, what's the name of the podcast again? Uh, uh, some venture, is it? Uh, 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 the stand. <laughs> some venture in it.
0: I tell you what. There's uh, if you've ever worked in the non-post, takes all sorts, prof. That's all I'll say. I can't say too much. Uh,
1: ventures from the sales
0: team. Um, yes. So, prof, time for an interview with James Kitty. Enjoyed a good spell about Chiazz and Rovers. He it? infamously left us for bows at the same time as Tony Grant.
1: Uh just before we play this, just for a bit of context. This was done quite a while ago, I'd say a good few months ago. And it was initially done for the programme. So done in the program style. If you've read my stuff this season, it's a QA which are kind of snappy answers. So in case you think he's being short with me early on, he's actually not, he's just doing what I asked him to do. I asked for kind of snappy Q&A and then as we go on we go into more detail and like I say it was recorded quite a while ago so we hadn't even begun our Champions League campaign or anything like that so that's why we're talking we're looking ahead to that so uh so yeah here's James so we're joined now by former Rovers player James Keddy. he was with the Houston in 2002 and 2003 uh this is going to start off as a Q&A because it's going to go in the program initially so first question for you, James, uh, where did you grow up?
2: Uh, uh, Sandy Ford, morning in Sandy Ford, uh, not far from Milltown. So.
1: And what's your earliest memory of football?
2: Probably going to games with my dad. He, he was the manager of um, a team in Dundrum, Rosemount. So we um gone to games with him with my older brother. Uh,
1: what's our, what year was that about?
2: Oh, when it's only young, like eight or nine, he, he was managing them. Um, rosamond had good teams back then. Um, and they were involved like junior cup finals and all. And um, I think he was managing a second team at the time, but we we're all good players down there and I used to go watch watch them a fair bit with me with my older brother and go to the pub afterwards, Uncle Tom's and Dunrum and and have a bit of crack, you know. And who was your hero yeah, going yeah. on? Probably Zigo, I'd say, by uh, Brazilian team. Like, um, I think everyone talked about him when we were kids, like, you know, so he was top-notch. Like.
1: What's your proudest moment as a player?
2: As a Sean McGrovers player or a player uh, your
1: your whole career. Um,
2: probably winning a double with um, Shelby. Special thing to win a double, like... Um, difficult enough to win the league but mentally to, to to keep going and you know after winning the league it's, it's, it's difficult to it's very difficult to win it all. but I think um,
1: what's your best night in football
2: My best night is probably the night we won the league with um, Derry City uh, against St. Pat's we had to win the game and um, Stadium was packed out. The brandy well, it's got the first goal. And Peter Hunt got the second goal, and I think eventually we won the league with ten points. But, um fantastic night, it was great crowd. I think it was ten or twelve thousand at the game. It was brilliant atmosphere in the, the city after the game it was it was like it was hopping all.
1: Do you have a standout and night at rovers
2: Yeah, probably. Uh, I got a hat trick against 30, um uh, I think we beat them 5-1. And I played centre midfield. Uh, Liam played me. It was a couple of midfielders missing. Probably very versatile. Um, probably, that was probably my best position, centre midfield. But I didn't play enough throughout my career. Um, but I got a hat-trick. But the following week, I was put back left full. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a, a funny one, like, you know. Uh,
1: worst night in football?
2: And a few... um. I'll be losing the league um which with Shelburne against Cork. And we just had to win the game in, in um in Talca, Talca uh, Park and we lost one nil. Um a few things happened that year that was, was a difficult year. We were leading the, the league by twelve points um with ten games to go and we really experienced team, but you know, things weren't really right. With the team, few things happened during the year, and, and we, unfortunately for us, we lost the league the last
1: time. What's the biggest <laughs> regret yeah. of your career?
3: Yeah.
2: I don't really have any uh, regrets. Um, I, look, I was lucky. Uh, you know, I, I played with a lot of good players, but I don't really have any regrets.
1: What was your best performance in the game?
2: I um, play, played um, Rosenborg away um, with Shelburne in the year 2000 and played centre midfield. It was only of the best games ever. Yeah. Minutes, I know, yeah.
1: Furthest you've travelled to play a game?
2: Yeah, I think Macedonia would have been the furthest, I think, yeah. Um, Champions League with again with Shelbourne the thousands um, again first time we won an Irish team won away from home <laughs> Richie Baker scored free kick um, <clears throat> against a really good team and we're lucky enough to, to get through the next round as well and and, and back home and talk it we were very lucky though, as well
1: yeah that was the first away win by an Irish side since Rovers 1982 so that was a long time
2: yeah. It was a long time, yeah. We we did a good team. It was forced I always remember the first 20 minutes in that game. It was really humid and um it was like, took us a while to get going. But um again, you're playing against a team in National Stadium in Macedonia and um they were like very, very good players. But they like, they bashed us a little bit in Talking on the return leg. But um we held out and you know good good couple of games against Rosenborg. They were a top team at the time back then. So yeah, great experience like looking back on it like, and played against some really good players. That like,
1: yeah. was the best goal you ever scored.
2: I think the significance of the the, the, the goal um, in Derry like the first goal that night we were going for the league. It was, it was really important to to start off well and um, just cut in on my right right foot playing against one of my best mates at the time willie burke who was another ex-rowers player and that grew up with me and put in inside and just hit with my right foot went into the top corner but then probably was my best it's you know the importance of it was really important at the point
1: who's the best manager you played under
2: felix haley Derrymander, yeah. Quite a country mile, he was there. He was ahead of his time, Felix. Um, very, very clever. Um, the way he spoke to you, never really spoke to us about football much, but made sure we were very confident going out playing every week. Um, told a lot of stories um in the dressing room, like life life stories, and he'd he relate to it, the game, and he kept things nice and simple. But he gave some massive comments.
1: Um, um what's the f- well, your well, favorite well, game to, or well, sorry, favorite ground you ever played in? Could you pick one abroad and pick one in Ireland?
2: At the National Stadium we um in we played your gardens for August was the overplay. Um the national stadium. It, Well I think it's national stadium, but it it's the place anyway. Um, Ireland um, got like, like turner's cross or, or the Brandywells obviously like there's always two good cool grounds there's always a lot of fans at so but they're always two good cool grounds about it you know and always did well and always did well in there especially turner's cross uh
1: best player you ever played with lean coil
3: and Lucky enough to play with him is very it's good legend there he was fortunate for his days. Definitely would have played in England. It's way ahead of anyone that I ever played. And best player you've played against?
2: I can't remember the lad again in Rosewood. Little small lad, blond lad. I can't remember his name, but having stairs upstairs. Very, um, very. You, to, very, you
1: text, yeah. he text me his name yeah. afterwards, if you can.
2: Yeah, a very, very clever player he was. Man. Yeah. Um uh, who's,
1: cool. you, who's your best friend in football?
2: I have a few like um Tony Grant, uh Paul Dillon, obviously the, the people I work with now are all um, people. But I listen, I've lots of friends, I wouldn't like to name a couple, but um lots of friends in football like all decent lads and I was lucky again, lucky enough to play with a lot of clubs. And I met some good people along the way. Funniest person you've ever met. With Dermot Morgan. He was alive and used to go to the UFC games. Back in the bar <laughs> in, the, in the Montrose. And only had about five or six minutes him. we would have you in bits laughing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I thought that was a myth that he went to those games.
2: No, he did, yeah. Definitely did, yeah. Is she, that... used to, yeah, he used to stand at the back of the goal, you now the wall, the old pitch. Yeah, and you know you know the, the, the silver head and oil away, you know. Um, yeah, him a few times, yeah. Or Dunst, with another, another good laugh.
1: Is that quote from Dharma True that the reason he went is because he hates crowds? <laughs>
2: I never asked him. <laughs> <I> never <laughs> asked him, yeah. But he did, he'd be back in the Montreal. I was the doc, doc on the island, Well, it's um, he did I, I think he only lived up the road I think at the time you
1: know, so, so. uh, who was, was the, the biggest school. spoofer in football
2: was, uh, <laughs> Alan Carley and uh, Alan Carley and Vinnie Perth there's two of you
1: <laughs> yeah that's twice now Carly's got a mention in this series yeah,
2: Carly's definitely the biggest spoofer and then Vinnie Perth he's on after ball all the time I'll tell you he's, uh, he's definitely he's, he's on a different level now but you know <laughs> I love that.
1: So some people shy away from that question.
2: No, no, there you go. There's two good ones there for you.
1: Yeah. Uh, you might have to think about this one, but funniest fan interaction. Can you think of some, some funny story where some dealing you have with a fan, either during a game or after a game or something?
2: Yeah, I think we were playing, playing for at the time, and uh, Rowers fans think we were giving Colin Hawkins a last stick and he was he was near the crowd and he just straight away he dropped his shorts like straight after no one's seen him like the only couple of players have seen him like you know um and just start laughing like then colin's pretty serious about it Different side the difference of so like not like good lad playing as
1: well. uh, do you get any look-alike shouts to people say okay you don't really have to
2: look when mark walberg showed him. Yeah.
1: I, was, I didn't want to say it, but yeah.
2: <laughs> Definitely. That was the times, yeah. <laughs> old murky mark. Oh
1: Marky
2: mark. stop. I haven't got the body like him anymore now, but, uh, I'm sure who does? No, yeah. Get up at four in the morning, yeah. No, he's uh, I get a fair few of them shows, yeah. yeah. Uh
1: what's your Not most off, man. sorry? Not
3: far off,
2: no. <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: what's your most treasured possession?
2: In life or football, yeah, football. All my, all my league medals are like. You know.
1: It doesn't necessarily have to be uh, football related. Right? Any any item is possible.
2: The medals I won, yeah, league medals are important, like you know. And, uh, after I have my dad, the minute I won the league, I only got any medals. My dad used to take them, and I think they're up in his house. So I don't have any of them, but uh, um, he has them, and I think they're important for him because he lo- he loves football as well, like and, and um, we used to go going to the games and um, watching the games and then you know, he's a very important person for me when I was, when I was growing up. So it's great for him to have them. Uh,
1: what's the worst thing about modern football, or alternatively, what's gone from football in your era that you miss?
2: I think the phones in the dressing room, like, uh, like straight away, if you went to the dressing room, lads are on the phone straight away. There's no interaction anymore, where a bit of banter like slagging each other like years ago like to give you an example say air dressing room and dirty and like tommy dunn or richie Portier like but they're two ex-rovers players well they were always at each other like and slagging each other they might be slagging each other as misses and uh they'd be saying stuff like that you couldn't even say you now, like you know but uh, yeah that little bit of interaction like and but, yeah the phones are like they're good and bad but you know it's it's good for people to, to talk nowadays. Like, you can even see it you now. when we I have a daughter now, she's just drifting, like just falling, falling, falling all the time. You have to be able to interact with people and have a good chat. Like, you know,
1: who was the biggest character in the robber's dressing room yeah. when you came back after a match? Yeah.
2: Gosh, funny. Alan Rands was there, Pat Scully, um a few different Trevor, Trevor Malloy was very funny, like very funny, like, yeah. like smashing player, but probably didn't his his life outside football wasn't wasn't suited, like probably to be professionally like you know, but he like he was smashing players again, unbelievable skill, but yeah, they were they were big characters, Tony Grant, and um, Pat Scully was probably a big character in the restaurant, yeah. Steve McGuinness as well. He was another one. Well, listen, there was different, different people. Like, uh, people look at uh, you know, leaders or characters, like you can be quiet as well. Like you don't have to, you can lead by different ways as well. But um it was, uh, you know, it was different, different people, different characters, which make up a good team, like you know. name was very good. Liam Buffy was very good as well, good manager for hours as well. And where yeah, are you i yeah, in yeah, yeah. <coughs> you know, Val Griffin. Um, no, Val Griffin Cemetery. Just, opposite, just down the opposite that castle mine, yeah. yeah and They're
1: what do you do for a living?
2: An um, electrician boy, ride. I work for myself now. So, myself and my younger brother I have uh, two points weeks So
1: Were you able to balance yeah. that with football?
2: You know, well, I did, uh, did my apprenticeship late, and uh, did it when I was start- started with Rovers, actually. Uh, I was 27, I think it was. So I started my apprenticeship late and okay. had Richie Bourne working with us as well. No, Richie, that went to Aberdeen.
1: I actually interviewed him there last week, yeah.
2: Yeah, Richie's a lovely fella. But he came in one day, oh. myself and Glenn were in the van and he goes, um, I'm leaving, I'm going to Dunfermline. And he wasn't even getting a game at Rovers at the time. And he says, Richie, you're not even getting a game with us. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, no, I'm we'll not to get in the move, like you know. So yeah. funny, like that's you need a little bit of luck in football, like and in fairness to Richie, um like he's he did really well for, for the quality that he had, like you
1: know. Uh what's your favorite sport to watch aside from football?
2: Um, I like boxing, um, boxing or golf, like yeah. Um, I think the owl boxing years ago. Which is, uh, I just remember standing up with Haglers and Tommy Hearns and all them, Duran and all them. Like you know, they were all you know fantastic fights. Sugar right Leonard and all you know. So I like boxing a bit. Yeah.
1: I don't know if you noticed recently, but the new North Stand and Tada, they're starting to build that now. And um, going back to your time and Roberts, were you guys? I always saw the dream of Tada back then when it was always on the horizon. It was still only a bit of grass and concrete.
2: Yeah, when we our first photograph at Lame, yeah, uh, I think it was uh, that's two thousand and one, two thousand two, was it? And um, we we yeah, Joe Cole was the 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 chairman at the time, and the main stand was was where we took our our first photograph, like you know, and um, with Lame so. Um, yeah, listen. That's listen. I say I, I was brought up in Sandyford. All my all my family are Shamrock Rovers fans, and listen to play to play for Shamrock Rovers was brilliant for me. Like, um, unfortunately, it ended a little bit sour for me because like, we hadn't got paid. I hadn't got paid in fourteen weeks, and I love playing for Liam, and um, probably a little bit. I was probably a little bit annoyed that Liam never said anything like that the way I left, kind of, because um, I didn't want to leave at the point. I mean, I could have, I could have signed him for someone like, like a month after, after not getting paid. But wait, wait, and wait, because Liam was, I think Liam at the time was trying to get involved. He was involved with Noel Quinn, trying to get some project on as well on the side as well. You know, so it was, it was difficult because I looked playing for houses.
1: You nearly picked up yeah, the major honour. You had, uh, or you have cup winners' medals with shells and Dundalk. So were you good? Not to add the tournament robbers then two thousand two.
2: Yeah, it definitely was. My preparation for the final was really poor. though. Um, and didn't it like, there was, there was it wasn't made a big thing or anything. I Think if Liam ref- looked back and reflected on the whole preparation, the whole week, it wasn't a really. It wasn't a good week. It was just like another game. I think in the game, then we started off really well, and then the forest started on the on, on the main stand and talking, and we were on top at the time. And it gave it let let dirty point to regroup. Um, as we started with the game really really well, and um, they got back into the game then. Obviously, Liam scored, and um, we missed a really good chance in the second half, but um. Yeah, I was, listen, but looking back, listen, you, you get what you deserve as well. We didn't, the preparation for the, when you look back at different finals that I had, and I was looking after playing a lot of finals. Preparation wasn't good.
1: Yeah, I wasn't
3: following well, 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 a lot well, of Robbers well, fans, well, talked well, to,
1: they mentioned that chance that you missed. <laughs> Do yeah. fans still remind you about it?
2: Yeah, I was in, um, I just remember I was up in Graham Street. Um, they never tell you about the one I scored. though. that's why I keep saying to them, like, that the one I got in the semi final. So they always remember the the yeah, things like that. Listen, that's part of football. I'm, I'm strong enough mentally, but yeah, it was a good chance. I should have scored, like, and that's listen. You know, I was I was there. I took it like you know I should have scored, but I didn't. So I just move on, like you know.
1: And you almost won two yeah. FBI cups in the same calendar year with two different clubs, which would have been a great pub quiz question.
2: Yeah, would have. Um, yeah, Dundalk as well. Yeah, we did good. Strange year again with Dundalk. We, we won the cup and we were relegated. But listen, um, I not' playing for. Show. I had a release clause in my contract. To, um, if you're relegated and a really good season, it's player of the year with Dundalk. Um, scored a, f- a fair amount of goals as well. And um, listen, another good club as well. But. Lucky enough that lame, or Damon Richardson had, actually came in for me, and then he was sacked, I think, and then lame got the job. So, um, but I had, listen, I had two good seasons with lame. Like, um he he preferred me playing left back, but because um, that was probably my biggest quality was passing the ball and I'd never really get the ball away much, like, and so we'd always say, listen, starting off play like, um and he, he's, listen, he, he's he's a nice way about, and he's lovely style of football as well. Liam has, and um, seems good good manager as well. I just think, he, I just think, at the time, we lacked a little bit of quality though in the team. Like we we hadn't got, we hadn't got enough quality when compared to other teams that one. where we just hadn't got that little bit of extra quality. Even coming off the bench was, you know, you we, you weren't replacing and if you took, if if I didn't play well. We're replacing someone that with the like, same sort of quality which are a little bit less, I thought, you know. But then again, that goes back to budgets as well. So we're involved and we're up against the full time teams in Longford and it's like they've three times the budget we have. So everything goes by. everything in football unfortunately goes back to money. Look, like, you know, you can only make deal with you can only work with what you have financially then and, and, and then the standard of player as well. So,
1: so that's derby Next for Robert, next that's what this program Robert issue is. Uh Robert versus Bose. Is that goal in the cup semi-final? Would that be the highlight for you in a derby?
2: Yeah, it probably was, yeah. Um, I mean it's it's great. We have played in both sides. And listen, it is one game that it's it, you know, there's a little bit extra. It's all about the fans, and you want to win the game for the fans, basically, you know. So Listen, when you with Bows, rows you know, yeah, you, you, that's the main game you want to win, and you can see that, like, the place obviously going to be packed out next week, and rovers are getting good crowds, and it's fantastic. Like, you know, it's it's great to see now, and um, Bows are getting good crowds, so it has to make it a really good game, but look, it kind of evened itself out as well because, like, obviously Rowers have better quality and uh, they the bigger budget. But, doesn't really matter. See on 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 Derby day, anything could happen, and, and it's about there's a lot about keeping your discipline and making sure you no know one gets sent off. Because there's always, if you look over the years. I say there was yeah, there's always a sending off, or you know, you're playing on edge. Like you know, there is a little bit extra to it. Uh,
1: you played in uh, the Derby in 2004 after a year yourself, and Tony made the move across the Liffey and the pig's head was thrown at Tony. What do you remember from that night?
2: Um, I don't really remember. Like I, I can't remember the guy I, I think I ended up one all, did it? I can't remember.
1: Um, I think it was two all. Yeah,
2: was it? Yeah. I don't I, listen. I, I like see all the, the hype, but never really bothered me when I was playing. I was kind of really focused. And um, I was very strong mentally. Um probably uh, one of my biggest qualities, like, I never really got hot and bothered about games and. Um, very relaxed before games and after games because, and probably to do with Felix Healy, like he, he'd say to years ago, like you know, win, lose, or draw, how you act the same way, and um, just be professional. And kind of made us think differently a little bit about games, not going into leading into them and that, you know. So, but I never really, um, never really over about things like with fans and all that. You listen. You'd always sense there was a, a fantastic atmosphere at the game because because the two sets of fans were at each other and um, and again everyone wanted to win the game basically because of the fans. So and um, never really talked too much about things. Listen, you want to win as well because that that's your job as well. You have to you have to kind of remember that you you're paid to, to to do the business on on Friday night as well. So and that's that's when you have to be on the money as well. So.
1: Robert's been drawing the of draw uh, Malta in the Shaman's League. How do you think they'll do this season? Do you think they can get group status?
2: It's very difficult. Like even in Maltese team, like it's people don't realise how hard it is. It's a different level Europe, like. Um listen, it? it's not it's not a bad draw for Stephen. Um I think, he, I think he admit himself he needs to do a little bit better in Europe than than the last couple of years. Um I mean, they have a big squad. I think they. I still think they probably need another centre forward, like you know, to do really, really well. But um, like they're massive. Some really good players, like you know, uh, some really top-notch players. But Europe's a different, different kind of fish altogether. They're gone up, gone up a couple of levels, like you know. So you need a little bit of luck as well, and uh, I think it's important that. Um, sometimes you have to play a different way in Europe as well than you you, you would play at home as well.
1: You mentioned your earlier uh, as the uh, best stadium uh, you played in. Uh, Was Audrey away a big highlight for your time at Roberts? It was a massive away win.
2: Yeah, that was a big, big away win, yeah. and Two really good goals. The the two grand scored, uh, Stephen, yeah. Funny, funny, really funny fella. And uh, Tony got great goal, I think. Tony, Tony Grant ran from midfield. Yeah, it was a really good goal. But yeah, that was like, listen, again, we did really well um, in Europe. I think the t- Liam style as well helped us because we we didn't really have to change anywhere. We really, again, Liam like like was passing the ball and passing nice and quick and um know patterns and that. He's he's very good. He was and he it's great to encourage you never mind lads make mistakes especially in the last tour so didn't mind you're trying different things and um, and again a bit of quality tony again in europe the big difference is when you get a chance you have to take it um because you don't get many like so it's like it's totally different at home because you, you could play a team say um, one of the lower end teams, like Finn Harps, you might get five or six chances against the European team. You might get one or two. And you have to take them. If they get one chance, most of the time they score. Like, they're really like European teams are really clinical. That's the big difference. Uh, you know that that I know. So over the years of playing, like they, they just to get a chance, that's a goal. Look back to where it was last. You know, that's that's kind of the way they think. You know,
1: you were coaching with Bray last year. And you're assistant manager at Langford now. Are you enjoying that role?
2: Yeah, again, it's it's um, we're going okay. Like for for um, for the budget we have, like it's it's um, again if you compare it to the full-time teams, it's 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 small, but it's, we know we knew tighten the job. That that's that's you know that's what we have, and I think we're doing okay. Like um, we're competing okay. We're a little bit ahead of. The other part time teams um, And we play A good, good brand of football um, Gary's Very similar to myself He likes Likes to play A nice style of football um, We work there Lads Very honest lads They work hard And they're always Trying to improve If, if you're a little bit More clinical We'd be definitely up there Yeah
0: so it was great stuff From James Prof And putting the boot in Where it hurts He hates Alagoli It's great Yeah <laughs> Yeah because that, Now like- I was thinking He might know Because he could have been Around that area. I'm not sure, but if he's serious, um,
1: fair play, delighted He might have played. Well, maybe he was gone by then, was yeah, he? Yeah, possibly. Because Cody way. played in 2004, 2005, the Champions League run. But Keddy was, he was with us, and then Bowes before that. Whereas Keddy was like 2000, like he mentioned getting that win in Macedonia. So that's the only two game League of Ireland games ever played in Macedonia. I want to know. That was this- us in Shelburne, and we bought one. Mm. I want to know if this miss exists online. I want to see it. It's the most talked about miss. It has to be. It has to be in online. the history of this podcast. How often has this miss been brought mm. up?
0: I reckon it's. Um, I reckon it's online somewhere. It's cup final. There has to be, has to be mm. some sort of footage. He scored a hat
1: trick against Derry in the league match. So, um, he did. He did do some good cool stuff. I'll see how people react to this. Maybe they'll throw him in the Tony Grant boat. Although. As I recall, people quite liked their Tony Grand interview last yeah, year. Fels was honest. That he explained himself, maybe not totally satisfactorily to some people's minds. Well, but
0: James pretty much came out and said it was money. Didn't get paid for 14 weeks.
1: Yeah, he was stressing that. Like, yeah. Bucko was kind of promising him that would,
0: money would come and it just
1: never did, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, so Prof, that's it. We move on to Shell's. nil all draw. Tolka Park last Thursday. Um, Fest Let's be honest. Boring. Lord. <laughs> no uh, so we got Tell back from injury and he came on as a sub late on. And Borky's four starts since the Brandywell on August 12th. Wow. That's that's a long time. Month and mm-hmm. a half. Month and a half that he actually started again football. Now that had been up and down with injuries and that. But um and rain all day and pitch inspections, the threat of the game being called off.
1: Yeah, well, we knew the rain was going to stop by the time of the match. I think it ended up stopping around. Four or five, then in you know, the early evening yeah and but you know, the, the usual people are playing pranks and they're saying oh game off and plus oh, Talca by the way which is not funny not funny no at all I don't know who finds humour in that Talca is notorious though isn't it it doesn't deal with floods very well yeah yeah Tommy Tommy wanted stats on games getting called off um, hashtag th- penos but I think the President's scope of 2020 it was the last one Last league game, uh actually don't know the last league game, but there was a League Cup game with Longford in 2018 in Tala, that was also called off because of uh, mm. heavy rain. Um, just some notes in the build up. Uh, a new song was made for Justin Farazoy from TikTok, which thank God did not get an airing. There was a good one though. There was because a one made. What, what even is this? I, <laughs> it's, it's, it's singing about him being a wingback. It, it, when have
0: you seen him play wingback? Uh, never. There's a someone came up with a brilliant one, and I can't remember who it was. Possibly, I might have been Lord Mayor of Ballyferm. I'm not sure. I can't remember what it was. It was really good mm. though. Um, so Talga as always in great nick. Uh
1: I counted seven spiders in the jacks. Uh, <laughs>
0: Just I st- a seven. I say they're Just a family. What do you call I, a family of spiders? I say
1: they are generations of spiders. That've been there, like shells fans. I say, like Ollie was alive. I say, like <laughs> they can tell you how Weso played.
0: Yeah, yeah. Generation, yeah. Two, three generations yeah. of arachnids living in the shells. Jacks. Random note as well. We have the three
1: Dublin clubs, obviously UCD, for the most part has shelled their bone. I suppose the three main Dublin opponents we have: shells, Pat Spouse,
0: all no, no, roof. no roofs, all no roof, and I yeah. need them. And when you think about yeah. it, that's shocking. Because the Dublin Derby The Dublin Derbies, Like it's It's quite poor without a roof Let's be honest We'll talk about the atmosphere in a while Because it was fucking muck I asked somebody Because I'm going to write about
1: this In my program article The, the next one <coughs> And uh, Bray have a temporary structure They've got like a temporary roof So I asked someone Who would know uh, When Pat's Got rid of their uh, Roof They said for health and safety reasons Balls have done it Because they're Developing the grounds, mm. however long this will take. So the, how, how much would this actually take to construct a temporary roof for away fans just for a season? Here's and the he, thing, He though. estimated forty grand. Whoa! And that's the thing. Why would they?
0: It's, the, it's the last thing on their mind. It's the they like. Here, here's what's gonna happen. They're sitting around and they say, eh, "Do you want to put a roof over the away fans?" Yeah. So here's here's the pros and the cons, right? So there's no pros. I can't think of any. Why, like for them, we'll be dry. But the but the, the cons of is the waste part will be better, and um, it will cost a bomb. And ultimately, when they sit down, they'll say, "Do we, like by law, need this?" And they'll say, "No." They say, "Go next." Next on the agenda, they will not give a fuck. I don't. I'm not naive. I know that this
1: isn't going to happen. Be nice though, wouldn't it? But. I remember there was a good article by Aiden Vismarus, who uh, I always find pretty balanced in the in the Herald, even though he is a jippo. <laughs> um, he wrote a piece in the programme about you know why don't we treat away fans better? Why not? Because those those home fans will have to go to other grounds and be away fans.
0: Once again, uh, another reason why the League of Ireland is struggling hmm. to progress. But anyway, part
1: of the reason um, I go on about roofs is because. After this game, there was a lot of debate about the atmosphere. Yep, and the roof was definitely a factor. Um, I don't recall Richmond being a good atmosphere. Balls, we played parody and were beaten. Anyway, this game was kind of boring. But we should look at ourselves in some aspect as well, though. Uh, we're singing kind of, we're singing short songs and then they die out, and then there's not much of an atmosphere. I don't know if we can play place do you the want full to know what blame on it? the
0: roof though. Alcohol. That is what makes an atmosphere. Yeah. Being drunk. Let's now move on. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> is that why
1: Ghent and Maldive was so good? Yeah, there you
0: yeah. go. Um uh, random note as well. This must be the closest
1: dugout to the pitch in the League of Ireland.
0: Did you ever do you ever look over there? I I love that though. It is so close it must be like two feet. Um, I I'm I'm a massive fan of it because it's right in on you. You know what I mean. Yeah. The players can hear you as well. Um, yeah. No, really, really, really into that now. So it was quite a tense atmosphere throughout the game, wasn't it? I mean, we didn't have a shot on
1: target, so they didn't give us a reason to cheer at any point. Ah,
0: yeah, but well, you you should have a decent atmosphere anyway. But that was poxy. Let's but be it was honest.
1: quite it was quite a nervous tension throughout the whole ninety minutes. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. So
0: first half, prof. Uh, fuck all happened I actually don't have any notes here there's none there's nothing to talk about just a load of lads running around the field <laughs> that's it second half uh, we had
1: subs the the Lionel was hit by a missile from the home end actually, I actually don't even remember which half this was but uh, that, there was a stoppage for quite a while and then there was a water break for some reason Um, even though it was kind of cold that night <laughs> it was, it was it the temperature was dropping yeah this was a good show. From um, we mentioned Alan News there early on, he sent me this right after the game. The Irish Times uh, posted this, so so I'll paint the picture for you. There's a picture of a green flare okay. on the pitch. Uh, fans what's that. that? That is Talca, isn't it? Shamrock so, Rovers so fans throw a flare. On so, the, the so there's players. a green flare on the pitch at Talca, and the the, the, the boy line is Shamrock Rovers fans throw a flare onto the field. And then it says, there were some unsavoury scenes just shy of the interval, as missiles were seen to be thrown at the match officials from the stands. Although this briefly halted the play, a stern warning from the Shell's tannoy helped to bring order to the situation. Now, if you show that to a random person who wasn't at the game, what would they take from that? Oh, we're absolute tugs. We are in the wrong, 100% totally. Where in that sentence does it say that it was actually Shelburne fans who threw the missile at the official? Yeah. and Nowhere.
0: None of that happened. Never happened. Not one of the things. Never. It's ridiculous, isn't it? And we're already on tonight, so... Who wrote that? Which fucking hack wrote that? Oh, Yeah, but like you said, first half door, second half, we had... Who got the hook? I think McCann came on. Well,
1: you got taken off because he was on a yellow and he was looking... He was, trying to run through he, he people was looking again.
0: odds on to get, to get sent off Yeah Like we said some just let him know mm. Not going, No ghosts no, You can't run through them Go around them. <laughs>
1: I wrote down a few comments here From people Tommy Tormy said It was a, a Mid table feel to the game Which I thought was bang on
0: It it was just so Lackluster You're just like uh, Like nothing's Nothing's mm. going on here also, good observation that it was a bit
1: like our games in Drogheda, a tight pitch, and we're against an organised team, yep. and we don't know how to break them down. They had this, these banks of four. Banks of fucking four. Which, Seen them in my sleep, man. Now, they were, they were dogged, and they were well organised, but, like, I'll, I'm going to ask this question again after UCD. Where is their invention?
0: Where is the creativity? It's non existent. We've been so out. And this has happened before where we've reinvented ourselves. So Sligo's huge. Sligo's huge coming up. It's, it's all about what we can do to reinvent ourselves while teams are starting to figure us out, which is, which is what's happening. They're yeah. putting two banks of four, two really hard working strikers who are running around like head cases, forcing our centre halves to move up with the ball and advance and then look for whoever our midfielder is, Jack. And then Jack is probing around the place. They're sitting in banks of four and it's pretty much a man-marking job from everybody and nothing really happens. He's too far to take a shot and he's just clipping balls It. It's just not working. It really isn't working at the minute. But this is a rut we're stuck in. I believe we can get out of it. But-
1: You're right though. We've we've been sussed before. I, I remember managers coming out afterwards and saying, oh, we knew how they played. We knew what to do. We, yeah. we figured them out. I remember the last time that happened we ended up blitzing teams the following weeks. So been in this situation before we have tweaked things and we've made people eat their words hopefully that happens again but um like i said no shots on target in the game the only one of no was cleary um were you behind this
0: absolute thunder bastard of a shot as they call it (laughs) and even when he was advancing like i I love the way he advances like that and a good center half will will do that but i don't I don't necessarily like it the way he tries to take players on in his own half. That terrifies me. But when he was coming to take it. I knew he was going to shoot. He's swinging the leg back. I was like, don't. The moment he
1: pushed forward, I thought, this fucker's making a run on Did goal it? to shoot 40 him. 40
0: yards out. Unbelievable shot. And if I hadn't went in, oh, he was on the pitch. <laughs> it's just, it was out of absolutely nowhere. And then it just took flight. And then I don't know what
1: was happening. Just like, clatters the crossbar. Uh Turner made me laugh. I didn't know whether to duck or celebrate hmm. <laughs> because if, unless you're down behind the nets, you can't actually see the full goal, so if you're kind yeah. of like I was up I think from second from the back, so if we were to score say the Aaron green one last time, yeah, I was down right the front. I had the perfect view of that. I saw it smashed in there that was great crack. If I had been up
0: there for the green one. I'd have had to look around me and say, is it in? Yeah! Oh no, it's a disaster isn't it? How, yeah. did, uh, how did the turner, you said nearly duck or, or sell to, but did he duck behind the couch? <laughs> uh, so yeah, Jack, yeah, the Jack criticism, I oh, know, we'll talk about our way for him, listen, it, nothing, ultimately they were on top at the end of the game. Do you know when, when we're on in the ascendancy and we are trying to push on for an equaliser or a winner and we have those, those chances? We have those chances at the end of the game. We push on. We created nothing at the end of that game. They had chances. Blatant Penno, by the way, clearly. Clearly handballed it. Absolutely 100% a Penno. I actually didn't see that back. I saw it back. I can't remember who sent it to me. Definitely a Penno. Got away. Skin of our bollocks. And it was just one of those games. It was dead. It was flat. And nothing worked for us. And they nearly nicked it a couple of times. They won three free
1: free kicks near our box. In the last five minutes, all from
0: our own carelessness. Yeah, Jack giving the ball away, trying to be players in his own half. Silly little things that you just don't do. Fair enough, you're trying to keep with the, the ethos and the mentality that you've instilled into the team, but I, it just it wasn't working. It really wasn't. Yeah, so At one stage, right, Richie Tell came on, and Richie Tell is trying to run onto balls, like peeling off a centre half as if he's a centre forward, taking a touch and trying to run. I'm like, that's not your game. Just like, think what, what are you gonna get out of? The only bright sparks
1: in the game was Uh when Greener came on, we actually had a decent spell for about five minutes where we were trying something different and he was trying to work it in. Chris McCann was our best player in this match by a landslide, I yeah. would say. He's, he's a joy to watch, isn't he? Yeah. Um
0: But yeah Working it, was, it out to Cavo. Him and Cavo Cabo was whipping some balls in as well. Now if we had someone in the box I think that was said already. If we had someone in the box to actually head the ball, some someone
1: has balls in, it'd be great. This game had nil-nil written all over it until that very nervy last five minutes with the three set pieces. That was very... But you said away form there. Um,
0: Give us the stats, Prof.
1: No, I'm not going to call you the stats, but I mean... Nutsy no will fucking ban you. You know them. If you're listening to this, you know them. We're winning our home games and we're not winning our way games. And we're not scoring many goals either away from home. When was our away form amazing? Remember that?
0: Amazing. Was that two two years ago, maybe? Remember we kept uh, winning? We, uh, oh, it was 2020. 2020, wasn't it? Our favorite form was unbelievable. We just can't can
1: produce one. Uh, we won all but one away game in 2020.
0: Just some gone. Um, yeah. Criticism coming in for Jack Buff. Is it warranted? He's not playing well, <clears throat> let's be honest. He's not playing well. It's just not clicking for him at the minute. It's also unfair that we're over-relying
1: on him. Like that game especially We just We kept In fairness he's looking for the ball Which is a good sign um, People are being overly critical Of him saying Oh he he's, he played shite blah, blah, blah. No he's actually He's looking for the ball And he's trying to play those passes Yeah he everything started yeah. with him Didn't it A couple of times he tried to do that One he loves You know the defence splitting ball Yeah 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 yeah. But it got cleared or There There's too many
0: people In the fucking box man Banks mm. of four It's tough to do it In a toy pitch like that Clearly he was playing as a ten.
1: They had eleven men behind the ball, and we were totally relying on Jack to find that perfect pass. So it's also a bit unfair on him. But um, again, Tommy giving me nightmares. He he said he knows how to trigger me. He said oh. Trevor Crawley, and he's, he's referencing the side to side passes. Uh, <laughs> he said, he said uh, Jack Byrne was so conservative on the ball. I'd say Trevor Crawley has sent him a congratulatory text. <laughs> Well done! Okay. lot completed sideways pass yeah. but then after this, um, do you know that the, the, the talking rawr shot was like, "Ah, oh, let's play our 19s in Europe. Let's let's seal this title and just just play the kids in Europe." But that's mad stuff, madness. First of all, they're not even registered, are they Aside from,
0: aside from either Ted, way, we were in Europe to Ted compete. It's not. All it's and not not lost cause now at this stage we're here to compete like the squad is there mm. we have to compete we have it's no point in trying to qualify for these group stages every year we are going to just throw it troll away when you get there yeah exactly 63% possession prof, zero shots on target to one shot on target and five off target to there. four so yeah a bit of a stinker anyway so no shots on target that's horrible um, the atmosphere like you said shocking and uh, it's been Ultra's, shocking for all. we need a big one yeah, Ultra Display was good they're Bastards giving it Masters of light. Masters of light. Chili peppers. Chili reference. We um, need to turn on the flare on and off the pitch on Saturday. On and off the pitch. Now Sligo's always go for an for an atmosphere, let's be honest. Everyone's on yeah. the piss all day and that was and a Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Bit a bit of uh a bit of needle because you're near there fans as well. And Brian is <laughs> it's thanks to Greg Bolger as well.
1: It guarantees a good atmosphere. Yeah, yeah when he's playing, yeah. Um yeah, so that was their shell burden uh, report. Um, it was also pointed out that Derry only beat Shells and Tolka with a fluke of an own goal in the last minute. So, it's a tough game.
0: Yeah, and considering what's coming up now this weekend, it's it, like there's a, lot to, there's a lot to come. But another thing as well, did you go to the bathroom with Tolka? I
1: did, sure. I told you about the spiders.
0: Yeah, the spiders. Well, I walked in and I felt like someone just went, slap me in the face. Because the bang of urine... Oh, I remember Whoa. that now. Thanks for that, man. I'm talking, it's like you get a slap in the mouth and you're just thinking, what the fuck? I remember that was strong, knacker. Strong, man. Strong. Strong. So some things never change. We move on, Prof. Anyway, that was the Shells game done and dusted in the bin and hopefully um, a little bit more positive now with this and coming that Saturday.
1: That left us dreading Drogheda away. Oh, fuck.
0: That was my first thought at the final whistle.
1: Oh, yeah. we have to go to Drogheda. Treacherous. On a, on a tight pitch. As
0: Tommy Cattle would say treacherous, Andrade, S- treacherous. S- Sligo and about both treacherous Sligo and Drada cross me legs here prof I have to stretch them out um, Yes, still you look more respectable than you do on Gogobox <laughs> <laughs> right so we're going to go into UCD and Tyler on Monday and a 1-0 win another start for Borky and Cavo was left wing back pinging balls in and Ferrugia on the right Finn on the bench Lions and Ferrazai were still away with Ireland so uh, we were discussing this beforehand thinking Pico could get a game not necessarily start, but get get some minutes into the legs. So obviously he's not fit yet. And I don't still see solutions. him
1: introducing Pigo for a couple of weeks.
0: I don't think Pigo will play any part in the rest of the season. Six games? Think he'll wrap him in cotton wool? I think he'll wrap him up, get him fit for next season. Um, It's not as if we... Well, do we need him? I can see him playing like a home to Ghent...
1: And maybe in Sweden, yeah, possibly if, if something does, along the lines of that. Maybe not,
0: yeah, we will see him this season, but um, I don't think we'll see him in the run up in the league, possibly, unless we really need him. You if, know what I mean? If
1: the title is won by then, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah,
0: but, um, yeah,
1: interesting if to comes, comes back, hard, and uh, power still not involved. Um, Matty said this, Gary, you were with him in, in uh, up in the south, for Vitalik, yeah. he said. Parsons turns around me at the game <laughs> and asks, did I know any of the UCD starting 11? <laughs> he shows me the phone and he's looking at the UCD senior one team
0: versus Glenville. I'm looking at this fucking thing and I'm like, who are these players? I know <laughs> none of them. And I'm looking going, they must have had a clear though. And I've seen this fellow number seven, Borhoos or Doris or Dorhoos or something like that. He goes, oh yeah, a bit of flair, bit of Dutch flair. And he goes, Gar, that's fucking Glenville playing Glenville in the fucking UCD Lensa Senior won Showy Cup or something and they're going oh my god you would oh be a my great, god.
1: great opposition analysis
0: ah oh, brilliant
1: uh, Conan Garth on LoY TV could be the last of the season because if we're in a title run then RD will presumably show most of our games yeah
0: yeah good show and tell me this do the lads stand or sit um, I think they stand I looked over they, he they, does an orange jacket Something's no they right do on. stand yeah. they stand yeah? yeah getting into it
1: remember I was up there briefly. I was looking at their beautiful colour-coordinated notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the North Stand's really come along. Um, There was the Ireland Under-21s game played a few days before, and there was pictures of that, and you could finally see it's starting to appear above the hardings. Look at the beers. And then we were obviously there on Monday, and you can see it's taking shape. It'll be absolutely brilliant when it's completed. And somebody has made a replica model of Tata Stadium.
0: Oh, well, apart from, oh, from the oh, that Stadium. whack yeah. step up, step up step up to the plate.
1: I don't think it's a Robert's fan. It's just some guy. I can't remember the account name. Just Replica Stadium or something like
0: that. You can look it up on Facebook.
1: But um, the question is, will he finish building the new North Stand in his replica?
3: Oh, yeah. Before he has or done.
1: after the real one? <laughs> yeah. Because the real one is supposed to be, I think it was initially September 2023. I think it's now it's the summer 2023, June, July, hopefully. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. So, on to the game, Prof. We have 1 0 13 minutes. Uh, the fr- we'll talk about well, the build up. No real build up. I mean, see, I, I was nervous before this game. I'm thinking to myself, this is fucking, this is, this is a big game. I never
1: felt we wouldn't win the game. I just, I was nervous that we wouldn't play well and that we would carry that into Sligo. That was my main concern. And as it turns out, uh, didn't play well I mean we could have won 4 or 5 and this report is very positive yep but um, more importantly during the build up um, there's been concern expressed about certain chants and certain language inappropriate language being used in Tata Stadium so from now on people listen to home we don't want any more bold chanting or cussing no no cussing Nothing inappropriate for the children. No, the children. Because that's never what you would hear at a football match.
0: So, I'll be calling into your radio stations. No more cussing. No more cussing. Here, listen. Here's the rule. Kids, what you hear in the stadium stays in the stadium. Simple. And then shut up. Stop <laughs> fucking putting them in cotton wool. Yeah, so 2652, Prof. Where, where where are you, gone. Like, where Where do people go? I don't know. Yeah, that's probably a season-ticket to holder fan base. So kids are back in school.
1: It was noticeably less kids at this game than there have been the other Monday nights or I know Friday nights or anything of the past now uh, with the new schedule. Uh, we're ending at home watching England on the, in the Nations League, possibly. We know one fan. Jay must. Mangan, <laughs> Jay Mangan watching the free lions. Um, uh, McDowell was asked How many layers he has on Up in the press box For extra time It's he getting said, cold isn't it He said 6 layers Including the triple down Combo with Bobble woody hat I actually wasn't that cold he, it's, he was not, it's
0: not It's not. nowhere near as, as what it can be In the south Just town.
1: about wearing a coat That's But it definitely it. is, is it will, Dropping it will, it will get colder Yes I always find the Tala February March April Is Torture Baltic the Cold um, We were shooting Into the new North Stand Second half which was always oh, disappointing.
4: It's interesting to see what happens
0: with it. Who's going to go into it? Who's going to go into the north side? You know,
1: no, I'm just being in terms of
0: in general, though. You know what I mean? Who's going to go in? And but right, that was like a shoe into the south. second
1: split the. Um, it's
0: not been determined. I don't think, is it? Yeah, we'll find out anyway. I, I know, I know the away fans won't be, but if you, they do keep the away fans in the east, I think well, I'm they, interested in being in the north, nearer to them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. But we'll start with the game anyway. For on thirty minutes. Lovely bit of play from Gaffney. Nice bit of play. He was involved he twice. Was, he was, yeah, he was twice. He was Great excellent. work. And then he, then he laid excellent. it off. Then he got it back again. And then a, a superb ball. A Gaffney special ball across. I think it was the the, the ballerina flick. Top of the foot. Outside oh, cr- yeah. the Across the pitch. Uh, across the box. And Ferrugia was right foot into the top left corner. So good to see uh, Ferrugia getting on the score sheet. And Ferruja nearly returned
1: the favour then. Um, later on in the half brilliant run and he put a great ball through for Rory and I think this was just saved or was side netting I can't remember now but um, that would have been a great goal basically you know, unless Frugia and Gaffney were doing something out wide
0: nothing was going to happen No, there was no chance or opening the middle of the park is a fucking graveyard at the minute it's just not working it really isn't we don't know what what is it? is? I'm I'm calling it the equivalent to writer's block, for like creative types and poets. It seems like that we have writer's block on the pitch. Is a block mentally? Maybe we need to unlock it with a sports psychologist or let Tommy Tarmy <laughs> to shout at them for half an hour. Now we are facing teams who are putting eleven <laughs> men behind
1: the ball, and they're asking us to break them down.
0: Yeah, I don't think that was eleven men behind the ball. No, yes, usually he
1: wasn't. No, but Shells especially was. Um, yeah, in, in the UCD case, we we had a lot of the ball, <laughs> and we were playing passes, but nothing incisive.
0: Nothing really breaking any barriers down. No, no, no real clear shots on goal. But in saying that, now um, there was a couple of chances. I mean, um, I mean, the their goalkeeper, I, yeah. uh, <laughs> their goalkeeper. I think he went off concussed because Gaffney was true on goal. And barely the shot, right in his mush. Uh, yeah, the poor kid. He was down for a while, and it was a super save with his face. But I think, like we 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 were creating. It was okay, but it, nothing real, nothing of real. note, you know what I mean. Nothing of real substance. Mm. Nothing real, a real bite. So it's, it was, it
1: was all kind of predictable. Um, yeah. the word pace is being used a lot um, obviously Frugia has it in abundance and it's, it's great when he uses it um, he's so
0: excited isn't he didn't we yeah. pick or I picked him for my next big thing the next money transfer I think it was every the time
1: he was
0: involved and got the ball and ran at them
1: It was he was so mm. dangerous Um, the two players were linked with now Berth and Patterson are quite
0: pacey so that could inject some, some yeah. pace into a team be interesting to see what happens isn't it who we bring in Four so four transfers minimum needed in my opinion to mix it up, bring back, bring Danny home, bring old DM home. Mm-hmm. We know what he's doing. We know what he's doing in the saddle over there. Kennedy's son-in-law. Bring him home. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So the yeah. So coming up to time anyway, and um, it's you know when, I, when the whistle was blown. I was just thinking, is this one of those nights? Is this gonna be one of those nights where? They they just kind of claw one back and then it's just not going to happen for us. But I tell you what, it nearly did happen because when the second Jim, half started... Jim Conroy
1: came out with me at half time and he was very confident. and He ended up describing this as our worst win of the season. Yeah, great show. Great Jim. He was like, ah, the grand. Ah, we scored two or three. I was like, why are you so worried?
0: And I was like, I'll tell you why. Come back to me at full time. Yeah. And we'll talk about how worried I am. It's just not happening. It's not clicking. But even saying that, like there was, the new keeper came on, I think the other one was concussed. Um, but when he came on, he made a couple of good saves, but something happened in the south stand. I think somebody dilly dallied. was it pork? Pork gave the ball away.
1: You're going to have to narrow that down because <laughs> it <was> three three <laughs> times this happened times. at the
0: end of the game. But my God, this save from Alamanas! Oh stand, yeah, that, stand was, beside, that was Burke. It was yeah, Burke, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. I stand beside Deco, right? And we kind of looked at each other at the same time I was like, did you, did you see that? Like, the, That ball went in. That was a goal. But it didn't go in and it wasn't a goal. Does that make sense? Well, according to Deco, it was a glitch in the matrix. There, it fucking morphed into Neo. <laughs> uh Maness. It went in and down and up and around and then it was like that wormhole that exists in Carpenter Cross when you're on the same road for 4,000 fucking years. <laughs> I, I, honestly, we were looking at going, how? Like the pace on it. He had it's like he got a hand to it but he didn't get a hand to it and he got a am I I'm I'm not even gonna talk about it anymore, but it was an outrageous save and that goes in, you're fucking screwed. I know my view
1: from the main stand was was like was like, Oh, that's a powerful shot. That's a that's a really good save, but I don't think I appreciate it enough from my angle. No. Um still, he was in, it's he keeping in, me up at night. He was in the highlights. Yeah, it was in the highlights. Um but this <laughs> once again
0: absolutely nothing to do for sixty two minutes.
1: And then worldly That's the sign of a world class keeper. That's the sign isn't it? of
0: a world class keeper who had not exactly the same as a striker, isn't it? Does yeah. nothing for ninety minutes and pops up with a goal. But we did have some chances. Like we they they had a couple of good saves. Um although albeit uh, what I noticed like I think Jack had a chance on his left foot outside the box and it was an absolute carbon copy of the Dundalk goal where he left Shields for dead and mm. scored went wide. But other than that, it was just trying to open up from and then open up chances from outside the box. It's like we were just trying to lay it off to someone outside and have a pop shot. That's how I thought we would score. Yeah,
1: I, I thought it was going to be the the Jack chance you mentioned there, and they curled wide. I thought it'd be either Jack or Berkey would bury one from the edge of the box. I never, at any time did I feel we would play our way.
0: No, it didn't look like it did it? a score. Cavo had, had some Cavo had a decent enough game. So he's whipping balls in, some very very good balls in pace, accuracy. Just no one in there. Like Berkey had one in the net ruled for offside. Yeah. Uh, later on, he
1: tried to lob the goalkeeper, but it bounced wide. Very unlucky. Yeah. Very Greener unlucky. had a great chance from a header. Um, Greener commands a sub, and then right at the end, he best chance of the game, one on one. Uh, he missed it. So yeah, it could have been four or five nil. Um, I was asking Greener does he know who that person is who every time he gets up to jog to warm up in the first half someone in the main stand goes Greener! <laughs> I was like who is that? I'm going to say Jimbo. That was my first guess but no apparently it isn't. <laughs> every single home game he does this. Um, yeah I honestly I didn't do it that justice by the way It was, it was it's a real
0: guttural, guttural yeah, yeah from the depths of his belly Um it's just not clicking at the moment like we said and the nervy ending as well what absolute fucking shit show at the end there was what, one before that what were they doing before, to us
1: before the grace one Cleary was dispossessed <sighs> and they had a shot which was easy enough for a man mopped to up yeah get mopped up and you then then the grace one in the last minute why doesn't he
0: ready this and this is this goes back to Grace doing it in fucking uh, Bulgaria he did it in Bulgaria as well and Cleary in uh, in Belgium that's play, like I understand the mentality to want to play nice this is, football this is worse or than Belgium this one fucking 90th this, minute man
1: this is this is the most ridiculous example so far like he, he's in total control of the ball and he's running around in circles how does he end up losing this ball
0: bombscare Grace somebody was gone but, but watch, listen watch
1: those, watch those UCD highlights It's like five It's five and a half minutes Or something mm. Just click onto it Right And play the last minute
0: Or the Harry Hill It's three times Of us giving the ball away like, it, it was nuts But let's put this Into context right So we're, we're poorly There's no doubt about it We're not playing well But we scraped the win Scraped the 1-0 win And let's get some context here For all the fuckers Who are booing so we're well, we'll coming to that, yeah. The booing is ridiculous. Like, let, let's let's put it on the play here. The spoiled little shits. Let's be honest. You booed a team. I've n- I'll never booted a team. Never, no matter what. Well, I won't say no matter what, but you never know. But here's the thing: in we this are situation, top, why would booing help? five points clear? What would booing achieve? Exactly, five points clear, top of the league in the Europa League Conference Group stages. And you are booing the team. Who are having a tough time at the minute on the pitch. They're not doing it for the fucking. For the crack. They're not out there just sauntering around. Well. We hope not. Um, this this team want to win trophies. Want to win medals. So. Um, like what's the point in booing. There's no point whatsoever. But take a step back and look at the situation we're in. Top of the league. In Europe. How could you boo. It's the last thing they need. Going into a game on Saturday against Ligo. Which I'm. Fucking terrified of. By the way, the yeah, moans and moans and groans are
1: natural. Like there's the two games that we reviewed today, there was an extraordinary number of misplaced passes out for throw-ins, and the, ha- yeah, the passes oh, oh. given away to the opposition, way more so than the the pre- the whole season combined. So you can understand the moans and groans. Mm. I don't understand booze. After we've got the win, we've not played particularly well. Yeah, but the time for for booing is Trevor Crawley's sideways passing when we're mid table, and not
0: not gonna make Europe. Oh, actually, in fairness, I will say that the coefficient head case He made a good point. He said uh, they should be made watch Nazis rain, all in a row, and he actually made a very good point about how we used to play center half, center half, center half, center half. Pass it to Madden, whip it in. Mm. That is pretty much how it was. You remember how how essential Madden was to that team. Give the ball to him, Madden, let him whip it in. You're being a bit
1: misleading there when you say Madden whip it in. It's, it was it was Madden whipping. Hope it gets deflected out for a corner. Yeah. Celebrate when we won a corner. Hope he scores from the corner. <laughs> yeah. That was that was it.
0: And do you remember some like a lot of those crosses were floaties, floaty no pace crosses, and you're just like oh. Somebody, somebody (laughs) knock it in. (laughs) So,
1: that's how far we've come, yeah. Um, Listen,
0: I I will say, fair play to the ultras, they tried to give it the big one at home to UCD, which... And they went for the old school songs as well, but we I have to unite that, yeah, yeah, the old school, isn't We have to unite as a fan base. Unite, you know, get forward, get behind the team. Five hundred tickets sold out with Sligo. It's gonna be a cracker, we know that. It's people texting us now looking for spares, so that's what you want. You want people going to the game and be enjoying it and not fucking booing. Because it's no point whatsoever. It achieves nothing. And you have the likes of the Whack and Mick McCarthy and all these legends who have been up and down following the team through decades, training in car parks, doing all sorts, and they probably never booed the team once. So you can understand from their perspective that's mm. what I'd say put your put yourself in those shoes of all those p- people who've saved the club who've gone up and down and all sorts of madness following the club. Don't boo the club when you've got a massive stadium you're in Europe and you're five points clear at the top with a better goal difference. Come on the fuck. Yeah,
3: yeah
1: that's it pretty much Pop. have said that great quote from Derek Fields on his way to the suite at have time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they drive you to drink. <laughs> <laughs> But the uh, reaction to the performance, performance, um, we've kind of covered it there, the booing and people complaining about the booing. We've um, lost our
0: groove, haven't we? Our swagger, as as Dunster said. Hmm. How how what were you we saying how Maloney got his groove back? How Stella got <laughs> a groove? how Rovers are going to get their groove back? What's going to give us that little bit of oomph? How are we hmm. going to get our groove back? Is here, tiredness bro? involved or not? Because
1: if we're tired, how come we got back into the game and there you with ten men? Yeah, and.
0: That's the best we've played Thirdness in a, a few weeks. Thirdness is for me. It's not. It's done. It's over. It. Maybe mentally a little bit, Tory, but that, that doesn't come into it for me. This team are fucking well-trained. They're well-conditioned. They're well-able to play these games. It's just... Teams go through bad patches. And we're going through it at the business end We're going through a spell
1: where we don't have much invention and we're relying on Jack Byrne to unlock the door every single time. Mm. Ironically, we talked about missing Jack during the summer, but... Mm we had our best spell in the summer but that was Jack Byrne. that's when we qualified we won in Macedonia yep since he's come back Dylan Watts' form hasn't been as good um, Chris McCann wasn't used in this game uh, we hear he might be carrying an injury that's oh, why he didn't no. come out um, might Gary
0: O'Neill was subbed off 96% pass. Um I'd Those opta d- things are great, man. Those opta index stats are brilliant. No, you yeah,
1: see past is like they're available to all the Premier Division clubs. It just it's about who uses them and how well we use them. So um, our social media team is using them quite well. There was one where, um, Roberts on Twitter said, "Whose heat map is this?" And you just see a long green blob <laughs> all by the right touchline. So like it's obviously free, you and then someone replied. Glenn Cronin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, someone said Jack Byrne did that many twists and turns, he tied end up in Australia.
0: Yeah, there, I, was, there was a lot of twisting and turning. I think I'm, I'm confident of this team being able to reinvent themselves. And obviously, they're working on it and training, and they know they're not playing well. They're not stupid. They're not naive or thick. I reckon they reinvent themselves. They did it in the Cup final versus balls where we were struggling we couldn't get over that. We've done it a couple of times. We've reinvented ourselves. When Jack Byrne left, Watts came in and, and spearheaded the, the half a league or the the restricted league so yeah, I'm confident that we will do it
1: if we if it takes six more scrappy one nils to win this league I will take the still have a trophy at the end I'll, of it we'll give out about it on the podcast but at the end of the day we'll be happy we still have a trophy there. we'll probably. have three in a row it's not easy to win three in a row again the quote from him on Twitter he said winning three successive, tit- successive titles is bloody difficult Rob was on the cusp of it and he said look at this and he had a list of how many clubs had done it we've done four Dundalk have done three mm-hmm. uh, it was the Cork side that won three as well it's been very rarely done in a hundred years in the league so he said stop poxy
0: whinging and support the team exactly. properly six more times exactly so, Prof, we're moving on. Derek Pender, Vinnie Pert, and Talonade of Richard Dunn are understood to be among the contenders for the boss job. So, um, interesting interesting times at Dennyman Park. Depends who they give it to. Uh, Ireland lost 2 1 in Scotland, and the Armenia game is now being played as we record. So, um, Prof, I don't know. What? We don't, we're not even going to get into an Ireland discussion. I literally have one note under this Ireland
1: section, and that is there's now a Gavin Bizzou new flag
0: yeah that's pretty much it that's I'm what, happy with that's that, what yeah. I took from it
1: and uh, it's kind of a crap flag too
0: <laughs> yeah it's uh, the less said the better about shit flags
1: we should do <laughs> some. we should do something about flags on the Tidus hotline I think we, oh yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah we did have a flag special years ago Best. but what happened was right we just lost the bows I think it might have been the 99th minute winner and so literally nobody remembers that segment we did in the flags no maybe they just didn't listen that week but we actually it was pretty good I thought Lee he left foot wasn't it but maybe we could interview flag owners and they can tell us why their flag is good
0: because there is every and, s- and not tacky yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> every staying tells a story in my opinion but we'll move on prof. and it's the academy we have the results from the weekend we have the Shamrock Grovers under 19s 3-0 versus Sligo great win and the under 19s ladies they lost 3-2 at home to Cork unfortunately in the under 17s ladies 3-1 win at home to the Galway ladies and Derry beat the 15s 3 2, unfortunately. Hopefully, not a sign to come, or sign of things to come. And um, the 14s, Tonked <coughs> uh, Galway. They gave him a Tonkin 6 0 away. So that's the 14s Tonkin people all over the shop. Um, keep an eye out for other fixtures. But last Wednesday, Justin Fettlesweight started, played 68 minutes, and provided two assists for FA for the Ireland under 19s and 6 0 win versus Gibraltar in their opening. UEFA uh, European qualifier so excellent stuff from Farozoi the more I see him in the hoops the better Um, I can't can't wait until he gets his uh, his account up and running as well until he gets his first goal for the club prof and then at the weekend he scored one of the goals in the 2-0 win against Wales so a superstar prof let's be honest the win sees the Republic of Ireland side qualify for the elite phase of the qualifying rounds for the UEFA championship final so very 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 talented side three young Albanians I think Albanian uh, heritage guys did you see the clip of the goal? Yeah, he guided across yeah, home Stuck a Royce. foot out yeah. um, Excellent stuff Really, really happy with that And Andy was an unused sub In the 21st draw home to Israel Play first leg And he starts tonight The second leg As we're recording So Andy Lyons will probably yeah. be out On Saturday, Prof I'd rather he was <coughs> at home With an old cappuccino Watching the game So we could have him on Saturday But that is not the case You think he'll be out? I think he'd be out yeah. I think so I mean it's Tuesday the next game is Saturday hopefully he's not bollocks
1: put it that way yeah that's a big one though isn't it yeah. 21's trying to qualify for the first time ever definitely um, we got another live Tala resident report from Aussie Nate <laughs> uh, if you recall last time he deduced that there was a football match being played at Tala Stadium yeah. and it was actually the women's playing international match so at 20 past 8 Aussie Nate in the whatsapp group because someone's <laughs> good he's getting there he's getting there yeah. gradually. I was like yep there's a game on there Lee. um five young hoops featured in the second Ireland seventeens friendly against Holland that's five hoopers and we didn't mention the UCD game there was a debutante Carol Lennox came off the bench late on uh to make a senior debut at the age of 17 he joined the club in 2015
0: so a roadstone product prof, real
1: yeah. one. He joined the club in twenty fifteen under elevens. And he's been part of our seventeens and nineteens league-winning squads. Um so he had a bit of a cameo at the end.
0: Exit uh, debut From a young man, yeah. So up next, prof, we have the man who went to Mexico and never came home, man. <laughs> It's Anto
1: Wilkes. So we're joined now by Anto Wilkes, he's a Roberts fan who has lived in Mexico since the mid-80s. So uh, quite the interesting guest we have on here. Welcome on,
4: Anto. Thank you, Carol. Uh, good evening. Uh, Where did you grow up originally? Um, I'm from Ballyfermita originally, just like Jonathan Roach, believe it or not. Um, and uh, I lived in, in uh, Ballyfermita up until 1984. I was away in London for a few years. And uh, here in Mexico, basically since 1987.
1: How did you get into following Robbers?
4: Uh, my father is a lifelong uh, Shamrock Rovers supporter, but also my grandmother. My grandmother, who turned uh, 100 in 2007, I think it was, and uh, actually had a small uh, birthday party for, for her at, at, at her 100, and she was kindly presented with a Shamrock Rovers jersey for her 100th birthday, which is now of my godson.
1: And um, for those of us who can't see, Ando is rocking the 2010 Juventus jersey as we speak. Uh, yeah. But your family are steeped in football from junior to senior. Uh, your brother, John, he coached at the club and he was a, an extremely popular figure uh, who sadly passed away, though, in uh, December 2020. You can tell us a bit about John?
4: Yeah, uh, unfortunately, um, my brother John passed away in, in December December 23rd, uh, nearly two years ago. a uh, lifelong supporter as, as myself because as as kids my father would take us to uh, Milltown and we'd be running around, maybe not watching too much of the, the game you know as five or six year olds. And uh, but it was it was bred into us from, from an early age. And uh, my brother John he so he, he he did some 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 work at, at, at Rovers and managed some of the, 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 the underage teams. Um, but uh, we go back yeah, a long time not, not just as, you know from the time my father used to take us but then when we were a bit older and started travelling alone and up and down the country with rovers maybe since we were at the age of 14, 15 and, uh, and uh, lots of happy memories lots of long cold days obviously in cold wintry days I'm talking about that's going back into the 1970s you know the, the mid 1970s before John Giles took over and, in seventy-seven, seventy-eight, so we'd uh, we'd, um, we'd had a lot of a lot of uh, trips up and down the country, which would bring bring back plenty of memories. Um, my father was also my father John, who is uh, thankfully still still with us these days. Uh, he just turned eighty-six. Um, he's uh, he's always been involved in management. He's uh, chaired the at at amateur level. And uh, also managed the um, the Irish uh, uh, amateur uh, Irish uh, amateur team with which they, they played different games and I know if, as far as I remember in Scotland and around must have been around eighty four eighty five and uh, but he's always been involved with Arty, He's there since 1970, 1969 sixty nine. First of all, he's a he's a goalkeeper, and uh, then he took over some of the underage teams, and a lot of his teams brought uh, different players through. Uh, Dave Langdon, maybe they the not be most remembered, Dave Langdon. Uh, we'd always remember uh, Jackie Jemison, Richie Bailey. Um, um, other players, he, he, my father was involved as a coach for, for Derby County, and he sent across the, the border, and... Um, uh, I remember that. I remember a couple of the names. But like, well, he was coach. He was um he was a coach, a derby coach for in, in Ireland during the um, Brian Clough era, which was around the mid seventies. Jerry, uh, not Jerry Ryan, uh, I can't remember. But um different players were sent over. Pat's uh, um I can't I can't spring sing through into Brian, but I, I remember in a couple of minutes. Uh, different players went. So my father's always been involved, but then he took over the youth team for John for, for Burbers when John Giles was there. He brought through uh when Jim Beglin was involved from uh above all, but I that team that, that he had back, back then was Harry Kenny. Um uh, John Cody, I think, was there as well with him, uh different players. So so he spent a couple of years with, with the, the John Giles era. Mm-hmm.
1: And through his involvement in uh, in the Giles setup, did you were you kind of in and around the club and the players then? And which players did you particularly like watching uh, lying out for the hoops of Milltown back in the day?
4: Well, obviously, I mean, that, that was the start. I mean, John Giles started a lot of uh, by the way, what went on later on with, uh, with uh, Jim McLaughlin, Um But a lot of the players uh, when Jim McLaughlin came in had been brought through by, by John Giles, so uh, and um, uh, you know, forward we had front we had Liam Buckley and Alan Campbell, which were really dynamic. You know, sort of the best uh, two players playing off each other up front that, that I've seen in, in a long time, and, and one one that will always spring to mind. Um, you know, when Pat Bourne came back from, from, from Scotland, I think he was with, with Hearts at that time, and uh, but uh. You know, John Giles, Paddy Mulligan was there for a while, and the late Ray Tracy, um, uh, Alan O'Neill, Noel Synod, some of the players that had been around, Robbie Gaffney, uh, that had been around there previously, and then were, were, we kept on. Richie Bailey, who who promised a lot, but was never uh, fulfilled. I think, you know, a the, the, the lot of the stuff that people had seen in him as, as a younger kid, maybe he was just a, a too small. Um, but um very very good and you know for obviously the 1978 uh cup final against against sligo and stevie linux got the, <laughs> the winning goal yeah rainy rainy day
1: they still, still they still give out about that up in sligo
4: <laughs> i'm sure they do yeah there's only one rover so <laughs> and there's not blackburn rovers yeah
1: well it was the whack mick kearns who put me on to you and um he says they used to used to run the supporters buses Back in the day, and you particularly want me to ask you about Letterkenny and Longford. So, what is it about those two places that <laughs> are memorable trips?
4: Well, Letterkenny was always the you know the, the the one overnight trip that we used to have. So, I was involved with the supporters' club really from '81 through '84, and uh, myself and Mick used to to run the supporters' club buses, and uh, that um you know we used to get together early. Saturday morning before we headed up to Laird Kenny and normally stay overnight at Jackson's Hotel. So, I can't say that there wasn't a couple of pints had before the bus pulled off anyway from from the early houses back then, yeah. And uh, so, we'd stay overnight and obviously end up in the disco or whatever there in Laird Kenny and then the the game the following day. So, long trip up, long trip back, but uh, really memorable. I mean, we'd, we'd always have a bus load of maybe forty to forty five and uh always on our, our best behaviour. We got Longford uh, we'd always stop on on the way back uh from Longford and and, and have a couple of drinks and uh was there a particular pub
1: Wack mentioned a particular pub that you always picked out.
4: Yeah well um uh, it's, I can't I can't remember the name.
1: I'll have to ask him again. But uh, oh, yeah, Mother
4: Hubbard's, was it? Mother Hubbard's? Uh, what we, uh, we we stopped one night on the way back, on, actually on the way back from Sligo. So, what, what turned out to be just a half an hour stop turned out to be a, a four hour stop, and everybody end, ended up in the, the disco and whatever. But that was the, the last game of the season. But that, that was back in 19, 1983. So, many, many years back. So, still trying to trigger my brain, yeah.
1: Yeah, according to Mick, you'd be up till seven in the morning—an absolute madness. That's that's a direct quote from him now.
4: <laughs> from seven to seven, yeah, from dusk <laughs> to dawn, yeah. So we were really good, you know, and, and lots of memories, and, and fortunately, you know, they're they're all good memories, and then very few uh, incidents over the years. You know, we, there'd always be a, an odd incident where you know leaving the ground, uh could be something going on, but but you know, in, in general, we were. Well taken care of, well looked after, and uh, it was just one, one uh, supporters bus most of the time that we had. So it was a lot easier to control. Nowadays, I'm not sure how many buses travel around the country with the with the rovers crowd.
1: So you go to the World Cup of Mexico in 1986. Uh, you go with your dad for his 50th birthday. So what? What was the inspiration for this to to head over?
4: Um, my father had asked me to, to, to go with him to to the work up in Spain in 82, but uh, I had other things going on back then and, and just wasn't ready for it. So when he, he asked me in um, in 85 if, if I'd like to go with him, and he said that I have a couple of friends going as well, and a friend of my brother, John, was going as well. So I said, well, that's fine. yeah. So there's a gang of maybe six of us were going, so... but uh, one thing, between one thing and another, uh, each person just began to pull out for some reason or another. Some people buying cars, some people going on another holiday, and whatever some uh, domestic dispute <laughs> stopped one or one or two gone. So, um, so I ended up uh, just just uh, going going to Mexico with, with my father, who um, who happened to turn 50 on the day that we arrived to to Queretaro on a overnight bus or overnight uh, train. From, sorry, from from. From Guadalajara. so we, we spent uh, we spent just over a month uh, between the inauguration in Mexico City and the, the final game in the Mexico City, and another seventeen games traveling around basically the central part of Mexico, and uh, that's where I actually live at the moment. This is a place called Queretaro, which which held uh, four games, which were the three German games against uh, against Scotland, uh, Uruguay, and Denmark. And then the, the last 16 game between Denmark and uh, Denmark and Spain. But I always remember my father saying to the, the Jesper Olsen, don't do it and he did do it he sent he gave a he sent a, a back pass which led to the Spanish equalizer and the, the rest is history they were well beaten well, then that that, that day yeah, but but they've been very good up until then.
1: Uh, the hand of God controversy and Maradona's spectacular second goal you weren't at that game you were at a different game on the same day was it
4: yeah we, we didn't say we didn't see the, you know the we, we didn't see the hand of god nobody did really yeah except <laughs> for our friends across the water yeah yeah, yeah. uh but um you know and, and some some somehow you know unfortunately the, the game is remembered because of that you know and not remembered because of the the world famous goal that that Maradona did score. Where there's a, a special plaque at the the Sticker Stadium, um, in remembrance of that? Yeah, that that uh, it was, it was it. Was some fabulous goal. Obviously, the, the defending could be questioned and whether he'd get away right nowadays. But that's that's uh, neither here nor there. That's thirty five years gone, and he was a, sort of a cut above the rest. You, know, you could you could easily see it. You know? I'd actually seen him previously when he played for. Barcelona in eighty three against United in in Old Trafford. United won the return game three nil after having lost the first game two to Frank Stade and getting a couple of goals, but he was fairly subdued that night. But but, but uh, a marvelous player, a uh, really good player. Yeah, but but uh, but I, I wasn't complaining. Yeah, that that made us quite happy that day. Yeah.
1: What was the atmosphere like in the ground for a lot of these games? Obviously, it was fans of of either countries but was there also a mixture of like yourself and travelers and locals and all sorts
4: a lot of travelers you know and a lot of people just uh gone there on on, on spec you know they there were certain games that were hard to to to, to find tickets with a bunch of tickets my father got a bunch of tickets uh, through the fai um before uh before leaving so so we were okay we had sort of a out of the, the 19 games that we went to, we had about 12, 12 tickets. and uh, But we had no problem getting tickets for a lot of Dura games, you know, smaller games, which were in smaller grounds. But, you know, my father always says, you know, that, that was maybe the last real World Cup before all all the hell broke loose regarding, you know, the, the, the pricing and, and things like that. I mean, we, we got tickets, uh, buying them locally for $5.00. Uh, maybe we weren't right on the halfway line; we were behind the goal, or or, or just above the the, the the halfway line, but at the, at the higher part of the ground. But five dollars between five and fifteen dollars, we got different tickets for, and uh, so there, there were still tickets available. Obviously, the back then, you know, um, standard of, of of living here, you know the. Uh, the, the economy wouldn't be so strong. So, I mean, a lot of Mexicans would have struggled, struggled, you know, just, just a, a normal uh, guy on, on the street. Um, uh, but tickets were, were, were fairly easy to come by and a, I know it's a completely different thing. We, I mean, we didn't have to send away our, our own passport information and things like that. You know, you could have tickets and sell tickets outside and, and well not sell or give away tickets or, or swap tickets for different uh, parts of the ground. Um, the, the, only, the only games, really, that I remember that were really difficult to, to, to get tickets were, obviously, the final uh, between Argentina and West Germany and the Brazilian games. Uh, but the other games weren't so difficult, yeah.
1: So, we're, it's obviously a long time ago. We're talking almost 40 years ago. But is there still a legacy in Mexico from this World Cup? Uh, obviously, Maradona and Argentina are immortalised, but... Other games and, and and stadiums, I suppose. Is there still is there still a legacy there from the eighty six World Cup?
4: Yeah, there's a lot. You know, and obviously the the, the atmosphere here, the environment was really good, and the people are are so friendly. You know, the uh, you know Irish and, and Mexicans are, are very similar in many ways. Obviously, the, not the language, but we're, you know, the, the Catholic background and the big families and the, living in the the shadow of the next door neighbor. So you know, the, the for me uh, just the normal basic uh, simple things you know uh, we, we had a game in Irapuato, which was um uh, just let I me mean, was uh, yeah USSR against Hungary and the uh, USSR won 6-0 they hammered Hungary and and leaving the ground we were invited just by random uh, two young girls to go back to their house to to, to meet the family and we end up spending Three or four hours back at the the family house, you know, so random strangers, and and that's the way it was, you know. People were just so friendly and so open. And uh, there was another game uh, between uh, in, in Leon between uh, Russia and, and, and France, and that's the, the famous game where uh, rats beat bats. So rats scored a screamer of a goal from thirty yards and beat bats the the the, the, the French goalkeeper. yeah. So so uh, things like that, you know the just you know, so many things. You know the the um, um, the English team was also you know they they were knocking on the door also in eighty six not not only in eighty six and ninety as well. You know they were very close. Uh, whether things could have turned out differently for them because of uh, uh, the hand of God, but uh, you know Gary Lineker being the top scorer in the, in the tournament and, and really being in, in really good form. Uh, Dutch uh, sorry the, the Danish team uh, left a lot of really good memories unfortunately it, it all ended in in tears for them and then the game against Spain but up until then, they were they were really impressive you know there some really really good teams and obviously the, the you know the, the, the Brazilian team which is the team that we followed we saw all their games in, in Guadalajara and unfortunately they were, were beaten in that game by, by, by France But well, for all Brazilian supporters on. We'd have been. We'd have had, we'd have had a, a soft touch for Brazil, especially my father, who's always been the, the Brazilian uh, football uh, team lover, and uh, along, along with cricket, you could say there there his two the West Indies between uh, Brazil and West Indies. They have to say that they're his two favorite teams. Yeah, and um, so I mean Brazil, they they uh, they lost, uh, which was a very good game where Sico missed. Penalty during normal time, he scored in in in, in his penalty in in, in when when they went to penalties, but and uh, but it was it was obviously it was unfortunately it was too late then yeah, um but the resilient team with Socrates and Zico and Falcao and uh, you know the the the, the, the Carreca, they, they, they it's such such a good team you know that unfortunately they didn't. Uh, it didn't work out for them, you know. They're in '82 and '86. They were possibly the best team in the tournament, but uh maybe a bit too too naive in in, in certain ways. And then France haven't beaten uh, Germany. Then went on, you know, to get beaten by by Germany because they were a very tired team in the, in that game. You know, they, they they the Germans just knew how to 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 control the game and did enough to 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 win.
1: Mm-hmm. So you end up uh, never coming home, as it turns out. How old were you, and what were you doing for living back in Ireland? And had you told people? See you in a few weeks, folks. Um,
4: um, I left. I left Ireland when I was twenty-two. I served my time as a as a glazer. So um, somebody put the name on me in in in, uh, in Ireland before I left Ireland. They, they called me Julio the glazer. So still until this day, some people call me Julio, to Julio and Anto and Tony. Um, so I went. I, I, I worked in in uh, in England glazing and aluminium fixing construction work, and then uh, when I came to Mexico. Construction work sort of wasn't the top of the list for for going out and working in the the, 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 the midday sun and whatever. So I ended up uh, going into teaching. I, I started working for a company called Verdicts, an international language firm, so I ended up going into teaching, I was offered a, a position in, in sales, and I uh, went into sales, and then ended up being the regional director for for the area where I am, which covers uh, Queretro, uh, Queretro León, Aguascalientes, and, and Guadalajara, so I wasn't given out there, because Guadalajara, I, I, every time I went back to Guadalajara, I would just have to drive by the stadium, or, or go to one of the games, yeah, so I've I've been to that stadium many, many occasions. There's now a new stadium in, in, in Guadalajara, which is run by the the, the, uh, the main team, uh, with the most important team regarding uh, Mexican followers here in Mexico, the Chivas, whereas the other team, uh, Atlas, still play at the old Estadio Jalisco, which Estadio Jalisco is about 65,000 uh, capacity. I think it was 68,000 during the World Cup. And... Uh, The Estadio Azteca used to be, for the World Cup final, I think it was 114,000, but I'm sure there must have been 130,000 there. So (laughs) what I I said about no no control regarding tickets, I mean, all the stairs, stairways were were full, completely full. And um, going back then, for the first game and for the final, with a a character that turned out to be a a famous uh, icon then in... uh, here on an Irish football, Jack Charm was sitting beside us. So <laughs> Jack Charm was sitting beside us. Uh, Mick Leach was there also. Um, Ray Tracy, we were with uh, at the games in Wadhalahar. We were with. Uh, uh, we used to get together after the games with Ray Tracy and Jimmy McGee. Late Jimmy McGee, Rest in Peace, and um, uh, Stephen Alkin and uh, George Hamilton, who's a very really good friend of my father's as well. Yeah, they think they share they share another love, not just football. They share classical music in common. I
1: feel like you skipped over an important part, though. Why did you decide to stay in Mexico?
4: Why well, did I decide to stay in Mexico? Then nineteen when when I came here for the World Cup, I met up with my wife to be, and um, uh, love at first sight, you could say. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I wasn't in any relationship going back there and I uh, wasn't tied down anywhere and uh, we kept in touch and uh, the offer came to come back and uh, to spend a bit of time here. So uh, um, decided to, to come back uh, at the end of the end of 86 in November uh, and became a father. Uh, we had fathered our first daughter, Michelle, in. 1988 June 1988, and after that, uh, Sinead in 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 January 1992, and Denise in uh, September 1994. So, my girls are now grown up to it's beautiful girls, and now, basically, 28, 31, and 34. And Jen. So, um, and I always to, uh, today oh, now about
1: Shaman Glover is your your daughters.
4: Uh, uh, the middle girl, Sinead, uh, studied. She studied in Galway for a couple of years. She uh, did her masters in the NUI in uh, Galway. So she'd have been the, the, the real uh, football supporter, uh, you know. Uh, um, Michelle Mayella's liked it, but sort of would just go along to tag along with her her grandfather and the niece also to a certain extent. But uh, Sinead was always the the, uh, the sporting girl of the family, so she does a lot of swimming and uh, she loves our football. Man United as well, just like Mick Kearns and myself, uh, Sean McGovers, and um, and also here my, my favourite team in Mexico, America. So I, I, I've picked the, the three maybe most controversial teams from those three countries, England, Ireland, England, Ireland, and, and, and Mexico, yeah, so either a lot of us are haters, yeah. Have
1: you been back to Ireland since 86?
4: Yeah. Um. I'll go back. I'll go back really every year, you know, a couple of times a year. Uh try to go back a couple of times a year now to the uh, this stage now to, stay, you know, to be in my parents, visit my parents. Um they're struggling along, they're they're still okay, but they're 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 still around, thank God. And uh so I'll go back And my eldest daughter, um Michelle, uh since got married. Uh, and uh, happily living away on on the 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 border of Lancashire and uh, Lancashire and and Yorkshire, to a nice friendly English son-in-law. So uh, a lot of people ask, you know, how did that happen? Well, I say, I'm not really sure, <laughs> but uh, now he's fine, and, and we get along fine. So I was told not to mention at the wedding regarding the hand of God and uh, regarding. Uh, the Italian penalties, but I, I just had to hear. Yeah. So I uh, got a bit of doing, but I got a bit of support from the Latin Quarter during, during my speech. Yeah.
1: What was your What was the reaction from friends and family when you told them you're you're going to stay in Mexico?
4: Um, you know, my my especially my, my father, and I'd, I'd been living away for for three years at that stage. You know, in London. So and I made another move. I sort of I don't think they were really surprised that. That I wasn't going back to to Ireland. Unfortunately, in, in Ireland, you know, back this when I moved from Ireland it was in eighty four, and the, the unemployment rate was around 80 percent. So even if you were working, your a lot of your friends weren't working. It was sort of doom and gloom. You know, this was before the you know the the pre Celtic Tiger era. Even when I went back in eighty eight, uh, you know, Temple Bar was sort of just taken off. You know, Dublin was great in eighty eight, the Millennium and everything. You know the Things, to, I think, you know, that sort of uh, gave people a, a big buzz, you know, and then things started improving from there. So when when I decided to move away, you know, when I told my father that I was moving back, and, uh, you know, he said to me, he said, I, I knew that from the time that we were going back on the plane mm-hmm. uh, when we, we, we left the World Cup in, in, in 86, which was at the beginning of July. And uh, that time, I, my wife to be, my Diella, who sadly passed away um, in two thousand and seventeen from from cancer, and um, she accompanied us to to the airport, and uh, and my father said he, he he just knew because he said when when I decided you know the last couple of days not to be with him going up the pyramids and going to visit uh, the basilica and uh, the Sochi Milko and, and places like that he said uh, I knew something was was going on here yeah so. So he wasn't surprised to hear that that um that I had uh, decided to come back. So they were very supportive, you know. The only thing, you know, going back then it was it was obviously a lot more difficult, you know, to keep in touch. To um, you know, a phone call used to cost me half my salary, you know, just make one phone call a month and things like that, you know. So so it was difficult. So but back then, you know, my father who was a postline used to send me all the clippings from from the newspapers and uh so i'd read through all the the football uh sections and the uh, s- certain part of the news then uh, i'd get bored i'd start reading the ads and things like that you know because it was was, it was you know he'd send uh he'd send all the clippings but it would take maybe four to six weeks to, to arrive here and then just the odd phone call so so uh, it was a bit isolated all right but and uh, in comparison to nowadays where whereas now we can connect by Zoom or we can connect by WhatsApp or whatever it may be. Yes. So it was go back then, but, but it was always good. I was always adventurous anyway, and I always look forward to, 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 uh, to traveling. So my family in, in general, they, they've all been here to visit me they've, uh, a couple of times all, over the years. and uh, We're a football mad family, and uh, so every time we, we'd come, they, they, they'd come. So obviously the, the, the first step would be to, to stop off at the, the stadium and stick and my, my leg brother, John. Uh, he arrived one Friday afternoon back in 1988. And he said, um, "You know, the only thing I want to do to achieve first and foremost is to at least to go and visit the Estadio. I said, "I said, I said, of a better one. I've I've got tickets for the final on Sunday. So America were uh, was playing. we playing um, uh, Pumas in that final and ended up winning four one. So so it was a great atmosphere. And back then you could uh, you can still do you can still have a... A couple of beers at the ge- at the game, and so, so it's totally different. So, uh, one hundred definitely there were one hundred thirty thousand people at that game. Definitely, <laughs> so a big big crowd.
1: And did the students at your school know about the famous Shamrock Growers of Ireland? Thanks. Of to course, you. yeah. Over the
4: years, over the years, uh, I'd, I'd, you know, people would, would ask me, "What is your favorite team?" Expect to hear whether Real Madrid or Man United or whoever, and I'd always say Shamrock Growers. So. Um, it was uh, it was obviously difficult you know with uh, for me you know heartbreaking you know back then you know in the in, in, the, in the 80s uh, after having won the, the the four in a row and then then the whole shambles there at acle' like Park and then, and, and then being nomads for for how many years yeah before we, we finally got to settle in again in in, 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 in Tala. So, so it was really difficult, you know, going, going back then and explaining to people what was going on, and having to share Talca Park and Daily Mount Park, you know, and then people couldn't understand it, you know, why, 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 why Daily Mount Park. You know, so it was, it was, uh, it was difficult back, back then, and especially after having been being so successful over those few years, and then and then it was, I don't know, it was because I wasn't back in Ireland, I didn't have a lot of contact back then because of the. Uh, the communication, but, but winning the league in '93 under Ray Tracy. I'm not sure how it happened, or was it meant to be, or or just the gods with us. But that was we were playing in the RDS back then, wasn't it? In '94, yeah, yeah, RDS. 94, yeah, yeah, '94, yeah. So, so '94 between roversman and the the league and, and the Riverdance. So, we'll, something to remember back then, yeah.
1: And speaking of ninety four, uh, I believe you were on the Irish radio with Pat Kenny, an interview about the ninety
4: four World Cup. Is that right? Uh, yeah, we interviewed. Uh, it just came out live. Just we uh, were there with a friend of mine, Des. Des Mulark, my late, late wife Mayela, and Des is wife Teddy and uh, uh, my late wife was pregnant with with Denise uh, Mayela. And, um, and Terry was also pregnant with, with her first kid, Jodie. And uh, we were interviewed on, on radio. But uh, it was the most amazing uh, atmosphere that, that I've experienced. And I know I haven't been to the World Cups. So I didn't make, unfortunately, 90 because of buying houses and having kids. And uh, but I got to the game in 94 and uh, I wasn't in 88, obviously, in, 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 in Germany. But the atmosphere there was was second to none i mean the the Irish were so surprised and the Mexicans were so surprised and, and everything was green and there's you know there's a famous street there in, in Orlando called Church Street and it was just uh it was just an amazing party so you know the local television crowd from 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 uh, from Mexico Televisa where were interviewing and uh, and uh, the day game we were interviewed by, by by Kenny so just to say hello so so we got we got our word in there and also, um, uh, the day before the game, we were at the we were at the the, the the players' hotel because my father was getting tickets for the game the following day between Holland and Belgium, which ended up nil all, which was one of the the best nil all draws that I've seen. A lot of people have seen end to end stuff, unfortunately, no goals. But uh, we were there getting tickets, and uh, and I didn't really know until I saw there was a big hullabaloo over in the corner, and I said. And who's your man? And they were putting flags, uh, scarves around, them and taking pictures and whatever. And then later on, I found out it was Bishop Horgan, uh-huh. who happened to be living in uh, in Cuernavaca going back there. Yeah, so so there was a there was a, so going back to the game it was it was you know the unfortunately Ireland uh, suffered a lot of the heat. I always remember my father saying when he saw Steve, Steve Staunton and somebody else. So with our their, their their baseball cap on during the national anthem, we said, "Well, something's not right here." So, so I mean, it was 100 humidity. It was really suffocating, but it was a great occasion. Fortunately, we we, we made it through and went to the to the to the next round and getting beat by Holland, but uh, it, was a, it was a great occasion. Well,
1: that's it, Ando. Uh, absolutely fascinating story. Uh, a Rovers fan living in Mexico. Maybe you can sign off with something Spanish for us, but uh, uh, thanks so much for talking to me.
4: Sign off something in Spanish. Um, it would have to be: uh, um importa el país o el lugar, siempre hay un Shamrock It doesn't matter what place or where you are, there'll always be a Shamrock Rovers.
1: That's a perfect ending. Thanks, Andrew.
4: Okay, thanks a lot, Karen. Uh Nice championship. with
0: you. Yeah, so this is a great story. Um, the the fact that he's got he went there and he he just decided fuck it, I'm staying. Got a job in construction too hot. Decided right, I've, I can't do this anymore. I'm gonna be a teacher. Ended up being the principal. Got himself a Mexican lady. Got himself a Mexican lady and his couple of his daughters, and so it's, like, it's a really cool story. And when he was talking about Atlas and Kivas and Guadalajara. I was just thinking deadly so he actually he actually goes to the football over there as well so brilliant brilliant story yeah I ended up kind of honing in on the the Mexico thing normally I would just
1: be I would come back to Rovers and say like it was like, fascinating like he's, like he's watching at home i presume he's watching all the streams and all but I just thought when am I going to talk to someone who went to all these games in Mexico 86 oh so, it was fascinating I just it really kept was. 19 him about games
0: that. prof 19
1: games Um, but yeah no he was keen to say like he's still a massive fan like he he, on Zoom, he, his background was a uh, whiteboard in a classroom mm-hmm. in the school where he's uh, a principal. And uh, he was wearing the Juventus 2010, Europa League jersey. So uh, I took a picture of that and I throw that up on Twitter. So yeah, yeah great, great story from Brilliant
0: Arthur. stuff, as usual. Yeah, but next up, Prof, Stan Levin's prediction. Yeah so this is a tough one prof
1: Tough one Now you said that every week But actually For once I agree with
0: you I think I'm changing the formation I think this is a tough one I'm changing the formation
1: The formation? Mhm.
0: Mm-hmm. A little, little tweak I'm going 3-4-1-2 4-4-2 two. Four, four, two, Lump it long is it 3-4-1-2 I'm going 2 up top Not our usual 3 Pronged attack. It's going to be two up top, but right. one sitting in the hole. I'm going Grace. Clearly, Gannon and Gannon's been the unsung hero lately. I think he's been really good, very consistent. Yeah, Grace, but a bit of a bomb scare. But he's always good for a good performance, and clearly he's been 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 very good. So, Haar and Pico miss out. Still carrying slight injuries, but here's a question though: Are you, are you
1: you're bringing Finn back in? Yeah, yeah. So you're Finn putting over. Frugia on the left. I yeah. figured you would do that, but do you think Frugia is playing better on the right? That's the thing, yeah. I'm still up in the air but I think Bradsworth sees him as a right we, side of player now.
0: And then so Cavo starts. I want Finn mm-hmm. here, I want Finn in the team. Oh, I so, do too, yeah. It's still it's I want Finn on the right and Ferrugia on the left. We'll go with that. But if needs be, you can change it up. You can put Ferrugia on the right, take Finn off, bring on Cavo if it's not working. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um McCann and O'Neill in the middle, I like that partnership. And I'm gonna go Bourke just ahead of them. No, sorry. Bourne ahead of him who's a lucky man because he could be dropped but I think because it's the potential that he has to kind of produce the magnificent I'm going to put him in the hole I'm going to go Bork and he Gaff could, up he top he could do something magic in this game I know and then
1: yeah. all is forgiven and forgotten about in the last few weeks that's that's why we love Jack
0: Bourne but I want Jack Bourne in behind, in behind Gaff and Bourke I always wanted to see Bork up top with two we've done this before right so I'm going to go Cup semi-final versus Bo's style two up front direct passing up the gaff working off Jack and Bourke not long ball a little bit different change it <laughs> up it's just seem, doesn't seem to be working at the minute with what we're doing it hasn't worked in a while so I'm thinking up there these, this is going to be their cup final man you know what they're like they're going to be the Shams it's going to be <laughs> a big one for them they're going to come out all guns blazing I think we need to switch it up slightly and I think this is going to work for us Bit of retention in the middle with O'Neill and McCann being able to get the ball back. If it does any second balls, the two boys will be mopping them up and not able to hold on to possession. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go because everything like there's been no goals in our games lately, there's been like we haven't scored, we've been getting tonked in Europe. There's the the the, the pattern of, of Rogers
1: elevens have been you rest McCann for the league game and then he starts him in Europe. I think the time for that is over. Yep. I think McCann should be one on one of the first names on the team she I totally agree every league game now as we said we heard he could be carrying a knock so that is a factor but I think he has to start this and game and
0: Porto Watts he doesn't get in from me here either he I think I
1: think that is the team I think that, that's the 11 he should play yeah
0: uh, whatever way you want to work it
1: up top of the tree now you prong, could argue Lyons Lyons could have a storm for storm if Lyons
0: Lyons gets in here I'm sorry yeah. for Finn but yeah. Frugia goes on the right Lyons goes on the left I'm mm. just ruling Lyons out because he's played international football yeah. so if he is available Finn's out unfortunately but um, yeah so that's it I'm going to go probably it's a tough one I'm going to go 2-1 win I'm going to go 1-0 down first half and we'll win the second half with a bit of pressure and we'll do well. So I'm gonna go two-one win, so and to get the goal, Jack, me Jack, Jack, <laughs> Jack, 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 <laughs> or to or my private my private ones. <laughs> honestly, I will be honest. Will I tell you? I text a couple of people, a couple of good friends, saying we're gonna get beaten. I'm um, absolutely not. gonna kind of knee jerk though? Absolutely. Well, yeah. After the UCD game and everything that's accumulated, we, we all felt worried. I honestly just thought to yeah. myself, the way it's all building up, the way it's coming together, we're not playing well. Sligo will do what they do at home They'll come out guns blazing And they want to win The crowd will be on their back They'll just I was just thinking This is not looking good I think there's a good But I also predicted A dairy loss as well So that's mm. Out the window Don't mind that
1: There's a good performance Like we can't play much worse Than we did Yeah Against uh, Shelburne
0: How much of a good away performance Are we due? We I are due a good away performance man There's a performance coming and like I said
1: to you earlier, we'll know in the first 20 minutes if we're going to win this match or not. Yeah. And the away form has been concerning because what has been happening is like we tonk harps and then we don't get a continuation of that performance. In this case, there's been a steady 2-3 games of what we feel is a lack of creativity. So,
0: let's see what happens anyway. Prof. What are you going prediction? for?
1: Prediction? Oh, we're not scoring very much lady. So, I'm going to go a 1-0 win. Oh. And I think, I'm going to ask you this question. Go, on, um, go on. Who do you think is the most important Robbers player in the league title run-in who will be the difference maker, whether it be goals or assists, who ultimately, no, no, not goals or assists, okay. who wins us the league? And I think there's only one answer.
0: I think it's Grain Burke. Oh he, uh, do you know what, like uh, we need a p- consistent Grain Burke, but we need to play him consistently as well. Grain Burke's worth 15-20 goals in a in a certain system. I think so. He's brilliant. Grainbrook can be brilliant. I think he's gonna do something. I think he's gonna turn it on in the next couple of games. Oh, oh
1: probably. That's it. that's my
0: feeling. I'm loving it. But that is it. Anyway, so that's our predictions. We've six league so games. Obviously, left, my goal prediction there is Burke. Yeah, Boogie. Boogie um, um, for that one. I'm gonna go Jack and Bork as well to get to get two goals in a two-one win. But six league games left, prop three and Talla, three away from home. It's squeaky bum time. Three. Well, we got Drata away. We have Sligo away. away. UCD on the last day of the season. And UCD. So it is a very very tough. No, no, it's it's just it's it's nerve-wracking. It's nerve-wracking because you're mm. predicting other results and you're looking at it. I was thinking about going to Richmond Park on Friday myself. Since we're playing on the Saturday, I was gonna pop up and watch the game and see that, how we get. that run. game is just as big as our game huge because it's Pat's, get, Pat's get gets up of this by the way 100% Derry will not
1: win it's Derry's tough, toughest game in their running yeah. isn't it so although they have done dark at the end don't they but
0: um, but how about yeah. this for a little boost Pat's getting the points on Friday Rovers going into Sligo with that little little lift
1: yeah I hadn't thought about that with that little lift yeah that's
0: a good point Well, Mick O'Neill wanted to play on Saturdays remember with a little lift going into the game on the Saturday, thinking, "Lovely, uh, we can yeah, get three yeah. points here." Do you know what? This might be
1: like I've, I've I'm very I've been very positive there about how I think we're going to have a good performance and win, but I wouldn't be too unhappy with getting as many points as Derry do this weekend.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It's just yeah. whether we both draw or both win, whatever. Two tough fixtures. Yeah, I'd I'd agree. Yeah, I'd be quite happy with that. And obviously, I want to win, mm. but. I think this could be the most important weekend of this running.
0: It's chestnut checkers, prop. I think that's just these two what it is. games
1: are just massive, and there's a five day gap, which is probably the longest we'll have from now until November third. Every every other game, every other time will be three days, won't it? So we've a nice bit of a yeah. rest there. I Think you might have a point. Um, yeah. So get user conference league clobber coming soon in the club shop. Get a balls raster range
0: For some reason Fucking state of it. <laughs> Fuck me I'm happy I'm happy we at our current state At the club When you think about it <laughs> Alright so Prof Danny's return It's coming DM is coming back The rumours are Rampant That Danny Mandrew Is coming back And it's something We could need at the moment He'd be a great addition Back to the squad How in we, like, Current player we, of the year Like we listen to a lot of um... Do you Say his name And what his current status is <laughs>
1: unfortunately is the reigning player here. we listen to a lot of under the cash, and and we listen to interviews of players who have these like
0: one month loan spells or three months mm. doesn't really happen anymore does it you, you, not at all no because they think loan that player out he'll play for a month come back fit and i will have a fit striker then you know that type of thing so if we sign a bear we either sign him at the start of the season on
1: a temporary loan yeah. or we sign him in the summer until the end of the season uh, when would you sign a player on October 1st I know for yeah, a title running it's I know unusual yeah,
0: me, yeah. Uh, there's, there you go there's some transfer yeah. stats for you yeah so that's it Danny could be coming back and the whack the whack was up at the Rose Town with the cup winning ball he presented it to Gary O'Neill Padre Pio accepting the ball with grace and a uh, very very uh, cool video and hopefully the players have been put at ease and the booing is just from a section of idiots, mm-hmm. and we are totally, totally behind the team because we are going to be going up there to Sligo on Saturday. Prof. Hordes and uh, rakes of Rovers fans going up. The tickets are sold out 500 strong. The Tifties bus is running from the four Provs. Three o'clock kickoff. Do not be late. In conjunction get, with Pride of Rings End. Get to the Provs. Pride of Rings End running the mob. Do not fuck about. Pub is open from 12 onwards. Get down, have a point. Little roll and crumbles. Set your day off right. Travel up. Return home. Little sneaky point after it as well. No
1: moans and groans. Be Direct mounded.
0: your negativity at Greg Bulger. Yeah. That's it. So that's it for this week, Prof. Big one coming up. And we are hoping we get the three points and Derry lose some on the Friday. So that's it for this week, Prof. We'll see you in Sligo. So keep on hoping. See ya.